On this week's episode of Friend Code, we're speculating about the Zelda 35th anniversary coming up next year. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Kyle Bossman. Hello. Ben Moore. What up? How's it going, you two? Good. Recovering nicely Good. from a long weekend of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Dude, I, I'm itching to play more. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen so many sunrises in a long time. Uh, I, I've stayed up consistently until sunrise, and that's when that's the heart out. That's when you know, okay, it geez. is time for bed. Um, I haven't gone, gone to that extreme yet, Kyle. Last night was the worst for me. I, I was playing, like, I was streaming till like 3.30 a.m. Yeah. Then I got off and went right to bed. That was the worst because even the night before I ended at like 1.30 and that was like late for me lately because during this whole quarantine or stay at home, I've been going to bed by midnight, 12.30 at the latest on some nights, but usually by midnight I'm in bed and I'm up by like 9 a.m. at the latest each morning. And the last two nights, oof, I got up like at 10 and 10.30 just today. And I was just like, ooh, I'm ruining it. I'm, I can't Feels let good. this happen. But uh, I think I only got one more night in me before I'm done with seven remakes. So just one more of those nights ahead, and then maybe I can resume normal sleep schedule. But uh, Kyle, before- I have to comment on that Parappa mug. That's the sickest thing, dude. Isn't that cool? This was from their uh, 20th anniversary they had recently. Oh, an anniversary, you say? Yeah, and Rodney Allen Greenblatt did the art. Oh, nice. Um, Can you enlighten me as to who that is? Oh, he's the original Parappa artist. Gotcha. The person who did all those illustrations. And so he's still in it. He's still in the biz. Very distinct style. I like it. Uh, Interesting musician, too. Did they do any of the music for anything? Uh, Yeah, he's singing the beginning when it's like, Jet Baby flies, she flies to any weather. That's actually Rodney Allen Greenblatt singing that song. But none of the raps. That's so cool that they did anything like music was. Worth looking into. It's really goofy, fun stuff. And I realize that's zero Nintendo talk so far. Oh, I'm no. sorry about that, Damian. This is our introduction and stuff. And actually, uh, by me saying shout out, you reminded me that I should probably get Bloodworth's little thing about our shout outs for later in the episode. Just get his little thing. Yeah, he has the list of them for the, the month and I almost forgot those as well. I do feel like there's probably a lot of overlap though, right? Between this audience and people who are playing Final Fantasy VII Remake oh, right I, now. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, oh, the yeah. original game is still on, is on Switch, like on everything mm-hmm. now. And I think one of the most thing best remarks i've seen in my chat while i'm streaming and on social media is how many people when they're done getting their fix with remake are going back right away to play the original right after i think uh, i might actually do that too is go right back into the original because uh just i don't know how to put this into words that like feeling that the the it's not it's not just nostalgia but i just want to immerse myself in final fantasy 7 it's like like, it's like an appreciation for the text dude (laughs) Like it's putting me in, yeah. (laughs) It's weird because I feel like I had a similar response, but it took a different form. Where I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah, Final Fantasy!" And I booted up FF1 on PSP. (laughs) I like dug my PSP out of this drawer and just started playing that. Uh, That's that. I mean, that's still really awesome too. I mean, it just is just dominating my mind right now. I'm just like sad. I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm approaching the end, and I'm just getting like sad that 
first playthrough, like the thing you can never get back is almost over and it's like, no, I don't want to send. So, but yes, this is a Nintendo podcast. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, Five Five Seven Remake as of this moment is not on or coming to Switch. Uh, but we do have some, we have a little bit of news to talk about. Um, and then uh, funny, cause Kyle mentioned the Parappa 20th anniversary. Uh, we're going to be talking about theoreticals. I mean, it's going to happen, but theoretically what Nintendo might be doing for next year for the Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary. So that will be coming up. Um, and then at the end, uh, I'm indulging uh, the patrons by having a few questions selected just for Kyle Bossman, since this will be his last appearance on Friend Code before he departs from Easy Allies. So it was the last chance for some patrons to get in some questions to Kyle. And... Um, yeah, I think there's some uh, creative questions in there, actually. Creative? Okay. Um, I was going to ask for a tease, and that's the perfect tease. Um, I will just tease you. Uh, by overwhelming majority, uh, a lot of people asked about a certain game that you and I disagree on, Kyle. Um, but they want, they, want, they, want a, they want the honest truth. Okay. Some, the, the, the question I picked is actually someone who doesn't get what's going on. Great. So you're going to have to explain what was going on and what's Great. the deal with it. But anyway, I want to start with a bit of newsy, too. Um, because there hasn't been a lot of news when it comes to Nintendo. I mean, it feels like Animal Crossing is kind of just like dominating the headlines because it, with the current situation, it's like the perfect game to have. And everyone's playing it, everyone's talking about it. The Easter event just happened. I've seen all criticisms about that. Turnip prices are seem to like to be like the most talked about thing each week. Like one point two mil today. Jeez. Dang. I saw the charts about where the bumps happen and you need to follow the charts. And, you know, I feel like N- Nintendo's at some point is going to switch that up and screw with everybody. They're going to like move the bump to like the beginning of the week or like right before the end of the week where everyone thinks it's going to be lowest. But um, I, I want to say something about that actually. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. So Animal Crossing is a game where money matters a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, it's something I don't like about the game. But th- I saw on our unofficial subreddit, uh, somebody posted, hey, I got really good prices on my turnips like coming into town. And then later said that like, hey, this was the best day. I got to meet so many people today. So many people came in, they gave gifts. It was really nice to be so helpful to people. And in a weird way, I'd like, I actually truly appreciate the community that develops, even though, I mean, this game's about money and everybody's just trying to get more money to buy more things. <laughs> but it's like, it created this beautiful moment for this at least one person, but also for this community. And in a way, like I, uh, I kind of like that. It's extremely unique, right? Nobody else is doing yeah. weird stuff like that. I mean, the social element of this game, they, they just nail it. And I think with everyone having so much more time on their hands to play this, it was just like the perfect storm for this game. Um, I think the, this game always has good legs, but I think it being a talking point on social media that longevity is going to be extended because of the current situation. I think longer than we would have originally seen, it'll be like dominating like Twitter trends and stuff like that, because there'll be something new each, like especially each new event comes around. Like the next event absolutely is going to be heavily talked about because they want to compare it to the Easter event. Did they Mm -hmm. learn their lesson? Did they fix the stuff? Uh, Am I getting, is it replacing other common activities each day and annoying me and stuff like that? I think it's already planned, man. It looks like they're locked in until Halloween. It looks like they have their plans until Halloween. I wouldn't be surprised if they, yeah, they had most of that already ready to go. Um, but as you saw, they patched the Easter thing in the, 
uh, sorry, the bunny day thing in the middle of it to reduce the rates, but did feel like the final day, the rates went right back through the, the, uh, the roof. Like everything. I think was, they promised it would. They said on yeah. bunny day, it'll go back up. But you're right. Am, that's pretty flexible of them. I do appreciate that. I'm kind of curious uh, for if you both played on the on Bunny Day because the thing that annoyed me was the solution they had presented that day for getting other eggs. The trading three for one mm-hmm. was that available every day or just that day? I crammed on the last day uh, to to get everything, so I wasn't engaging in Bunny Day. I engaged with it like right at the beginning, and then ninety percent of it at the end. So I can't uh, answer that. I, I, w- I was there for like a couple of days at the beginning. It was not offered to me. That's, that's like Catan, th- dude. That's yeah, really that's what cool. I thought. I thought the dialogue specifically said, hey, I'm doing a special offer today only, which is yeah. three for one. I was so angry. I mean, it was nice to have that on the final day. I wished I was there the whole time because water and sky eggs were the hardest to get. They were the rarest. Sky eggs were the hardest. I was just me. like, yeah. give me a break. Dude, I got Where, a buttload of sky eggs. Where was this? I mean, if you stayed outside for an hour, yeah, but... In, uh, compared to like leaf and like the, the ones you get from trees and like the digging up ones and the stone ones i mean you can well, get the stone ones are fixed right are, are, and like so are the but you the can you can go ones. the stone ones you can kind of circumvent because you can just yeah. do nook miles and go to an island oh my god and so Where's the other the- islands zipper went to all these other islands too and hid eggs in those islands yeah man i mean the easter bunny goes to all the little that guy's a freak the guy's yeah. a freak. he is a freak <laughs> Um, and don't I just talk really... about that zipper on the back. It's not a costume. <laughs> I just want to shout out. So where I made bank today on turnips, uh, a community member, YouTube, has Ooh. by far the most gorgeous island I have ever seen. It was like a paradise. And it was so meticulous. Like, she turned her island into a bunch of little islands, and it was Maple Story themed. Ooh. And so it was like themed like different Maple Story zones. And it was just... I was just walking around and it was amazing even flying overhead because there were so many flowers and trees and everything was just so meticulously planned out. I felt like I was going to Disney World. That's how amazing it was. I was like, my island is never going to be yeah. this cool. And what's, what's great about that, Ben, is I mean, you were flying there to make money. Yeah. But you were able to appreciate this person's island and yeah. you never would have gone there otherwise. I think, I think it's kind right. of beautiful in a way. Sometimes in the hellscape of capitalism, good things come out of it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> way to put it. This is a game that there'll be days I hate it and say I'm just done with it. And then I will wait some amount of time and then I'll just find myself booting it back up. I just want to check something. And then I'm like hooked back in. Yeah. It's so, man, it was my daily habit. And I've also been playing on 3DS. I've been playing a 3D P-Cross a lot, which is oh. really good, by the way. Um, once Final Fantasy 7 dropped, I like forgot about those things. Mm. Straight up, not even like I don't have time for it. Straight up, just it plopped out of my mind to where when I finished it yesterday, I looked at my 3DS on the f- floor and I'm like, oh yeah, I was playing that. <laughs> then we did Frame Trap and I forgot that I, I wanted to you talk had, about it. Yeah, I just forgot about it. Oh man. Yeah, Final Fantasy 7, I, last week, I didn't play for like five days and that's been the, kind of the longest gap. I don't know exactly how long it was, but something like five mm. days. But yeah, Damani, you're right. I, there is something that just hooks me back in. And I, actually, it was Bunny Day where I was like, oh, shit, I want to craft all these things before without having to wait a year. So, what did you get? I, he's, he hinted you would get oh, something if yeah. you built everything. So you get, you get two things. You build everything. And he's like, okay, build this last thing. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an egg version of him. It's an egg version of Zipper. <laughs> and then if you make that, you get a Bunny Day wand. Oh, cool! Still have to make cool. it though. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you guys still get. Star oh, bits. so you still need star bits. You still need the star bits. Cool. I was so excited. I thought I guess got a one, and it's like you still get a craft. I was like, oh, I see. Sure. Um, I think my sticking to a streaming schedule to play FF Seven has allowed me more time to mm. do other things. Sure. So it's kind of like a weird, happy, like solution. Otherwise, I'd be playing as much as you two, like, and have no time for anything else. Um, but yeah, uh, even though I didn't intend to, like Animal Crossing, I think it's just important. Like each week, it's just, like something everyone's playing and talking about. So you know, that was worth mentioning. But we did have uh, a little bit of news today. Um, first, Nintendo Switch firmware version 10.0.0. So version 10 just came out. It adds a lot of quality of life features. A lot of things people have been asking for for a while and they finally did something one like especially one of these i was un- found surprising nintendo even did this so i'm gonna this really quick go down what they added um the first one i don't think is ex- that exciting they added a bookmark feature to news um i never even feature- touched that news yeah. dude i'm not even gonna go like there's a bunch of details about it i don't really think <laughs> we need to get into that uh, the next one, though, added an option to transfer software data between the system memory and an SD card. This is a big one. Yeah. So users can now transfer downloadable software, update data, and downloadable content from the system memory to an SD card and vice versa. And then they just give you the warning that note that save data and some update data cannot be transferred to an SD card, like the locked out stuff, basically, unless you have they have a program for it to... So I won't be able to go to game FAQs, download a save, and then import it into my console. Well, on a, yeah, on a normal vanilla, uh, normal console, correct, yes. So th- this is awesome, and I'm, I'm glad that they added it, but it also feels like something that yeah. should have been there. <laughs> this is... A lot yeah. sooner than this. Yeah. Exactly, Ben. This is something that, I mean, we're getting, some of us getting excited about, but you would expect this to have been there from day one. The fact that it's taking even this long to come out and how just the missteps Nintendo's had just in general with their save and backup policies. Mm -hmm. Even when they introduced cloud saving, how some games they still will not allow you to backup. Even Animal Crossing, we were just talking about, was one of the games that has this really kind of, you know, there was confusion over what they were going to do about system transfers and backing up your save for this thing because it's so important. And Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon's the other big one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, what is the actual utility of this? So you couldn't, um, so your saves are on one of, first of all, your saves are only on one or the other. That mm-hmm. you, you don't, you can't save them. So now like you have another way to, besides the cloud, to put your save onto SD or, or, or on the system. So you have another backup of your save just in case. Oh, That's sure. One. So like when I had to send in my Joy-Cons, so if somebody had to get their switch repaired, they wouldn't have any way of backing it up and they kind of send it off and hope that it comes back with all their save files. The other thing is if you, let's say you do have a, let's say I have a switch, switch, normal switch and switch light. And uh, whatever reason you can't use the other and like you don't want to re-download from the internet to put it and like go through that hassle. Cool. You just take out the SD card, you save it to SD card one, take it out, turn off that switch, take it out, put it into the other one. It's like, it's right there, you know. This is something we did back on the Wii and Wii, Wii U, but more specifically the Wii for like virtual console stuff. Like mm-hmm. we used to put the games on the SD and then take it to another system and stuff. And as long as you could log into the account, you could still play those games. You have to like read like those hundreds of games that like blood had downloaded and stuff. I mean, you know what he's going through lately with all that backing that up because they won't let him, 
he, he, he was having, they wouldn't let him uh, do it the way he wanted to do, but that, that's the alternative is you're going on to the eShop and having to re-download a lot of that content or you just put it on an S system and SD card, but also uh, archiving and stuff. Like if you don't want everything on the system data, you now can have things shared between the two things. The Wii U let you do this. You had like external storage. You could put some of your games on that, some on the system and vice versa. Now it's like, you can do that with the current thing like that, but like now you could like switch out like, uh, Sorry. Um, I mean, it's just to be able to move it between systems so easily, I guess. Is cool. The, we're not talking about this. Gotcha. Long, but that's like the best thing I can think of. I'm sure some of them in the comments will be like, oh, so you forgot about this. But it's just, even the things we're not thinking about, there is there is demand and there is utility for this cow, even though I can't think of everything. But it's something small and simple. So as Ben was saying, <laughs> this took this long for this. Okay. Uh, this next Sometimes one. it feels like oh, sorry, Nintendo... Sorry forgets about these things and then like one day they just remember and they're like oh right yeah put that out that's that would be easy we can do that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is one of the things i would love to Sorry, <laughs> my cats are freaking cat. out yeah <laughs> oh poor kitty <laughs> um uh you good or do you need to i they're just hyper they're really excited about this SD card stuff. Yeah. They have something we don't know about. They got the Zoomies. The Zoomies? Yeah. The Zoomies? Yeah. What's that, Cal? That's when cats get kind of hyperactive. Yes, they have the Zoomies right now. Oh, yes. I thought it was that we're using Zoom right now to do this podcast. And that's <laughs> yeah, a, a, a Zoomies. Oh, no, yeah. The Zoomies. They, Zoom has some sort well, of effect on cats. Yeah. my cat Tifa, whenever I start talking mm-hmm. into a mic and have, like, have this set up, she immediately comes up here and wants attention. Mm-hmm. And so that could be the Zoomies as well. It means you don't talk to her enough. No, I mean, I definitely do talk to her enough. It's just she, she, she thinks like, I don't know, it's some kind of stimulation she's not getting in any other form yeah. coming from this. And all she does is she gets in front of the camera and just starts stepping the table. Anyway, this is not a cat, cat podcast, but... They are, um, they are wrestling right now. <laughs> Um, the next thing that uh, is being added, I think, is a big deal as well. Um, and something I've seen tons of people complain about, why does Nintendo do this when like almost everyone else lets you do this in some form? That is, they've added an option to remap controller buttons. Analog, so here's the specifics. Analog okay. stick and button configurations can now be changed for each paired controller. So everything you can pair, even like if you do Joy-Con separately, you can remap all that. Uh, well, let me make sure that's true because they get into specifics in a second. Custom configurations can be saved as favorites in system settings, controller, and sensor. So you can save loadouts and configurations, which is good. That's like that's a really, really thing. cool. Um, custom configurations are stored on the Switch system. So this is not going on the SD card, and you cannot bring this with you to other systems this way, which is kind of odd. Anyway, configurations can be customized for the, fo- customized for the following controllers. Joy-Con, both Joy-Cons individually, uh, a Switch Pro controller, and button configurations can also be customized on the Switch Lite system. So, because it's all like one form factor. So, those are the four. Then it says, this feature is not available for other controllers. NES, SNES controllers? Got it. Nope. Figure out your GameCube controller in Smash? You can do that in Smash Brothers, but like people use it for other stuff through other means. Sounds like nope. 
on each system, up to five favorite custom configurations can be saved for the left Joy-Con, five for the right Joy-Con, and five for the Switch Pro controller. And five configurations can also be saved for the Switch Lite. So you can have up to 20 configurations saved, five per each. I like that. So let's say you're frustrated that you, you want jump and shoot to be different in Mega Man. You just have mm-hmm. your Mega Man loadout and you select that and you're like, okay, I can play this game. I love and this. switch back easily enough. Yeah, it's pretty I, cool. I love this. That's all, that's all I have for that. Um, I, I'm a, I guess I'm a tiny bit bummed about the NES and SNES mapping. Um, especially the SNES, it might have been nice to have a way because uh, I don't believe... You don't mess with the classics, Damiani. There's some people. It's just preferences. There are just some people. Well, it's not even just preferences. It's accessibility, right? I mean that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a more important one, actually. Yeah. I just it's just been a complaint that people who come over and try out Nintendo stuff for the first time, especially most notably, it's people who come from a PC background. When Mm -hmm. they jump into like Switch for the first time, when they're coming to other consoles and systems, they'll look at Switch, they try it, and they'll just be like, "Hey, I like this game." But why couldn't I just change these two buttons, like interchange them? Like, how, why is that an issue? They just don't understand how it's even an issue because they're so like used to having infinite amounts of like customiz- customization on the PC. And I, I sympathize. I, I definitely uh, Breath of the Wild was the one for me. Thankfully, they let me switch a uh, sprint and jump. They mm-hmm. let you invert those two, and those were the two I had a problem with. So I lucked out. But there have been a few times I think that. I just thought, ooh, would have liked to just switch this. Like, I like my jump button on the bottom set of, of, on the right side of the face buttons. I like my action buttons on the top. And if a game doesn't give me that option, I get really bummed out, essentially. Uh, Yeah, Mega Man is a good example that you brought up, Kyle. And I'm glad that in the collections you can remap the controls because particularly when you get to some of the secret hunting and, like, you need to do those tricky dash jumps it's like okay i need the dash button to be on this specific thing otherwise i'm not going to be able to get these secrets so yeah it can it can definitely play a huge role yeah uh, some games I'm, I'm thankful a lot of games do have the in-game settings for that uh most recent one was resident evil 4 on switch mm. thankfully i did uh find one that worked a little bit better than the default one but if not you know this is going to be something that will be able to remedy that I'm really excited about that. Uh, the last, there's just two more. Added a new section in user settings for play activity settings. Uh, options for display play activity and delete play activity have been moved from friend settings to a new play activity. So instead of going to your profile and it's just there, you're like the games you played, the hours and stuff, there's going to be a new category for play activity. Kind of remember like the 3DS has the book, the icon, mm-hmm. and you go in there, they're making like a section for it now. So cool. it won't be it won't be right there at the beginning. I guess they're gonna put something new there, uh, and then they added a new selection of uh, profile icons from Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Six new ones from that. Uh, I have a friend who looks at my play activity, and he's like, "Hey, what'd you think of this? What'd you think of this? What'd you think of this? What'd you think of this?" And most of the time, it's like, "Don't download that." I, I downloaded it <laughs> on an impulse. I didn't like it very much. Please don't do it. Uh, but it is, it is interesting. I wonder if that'll still be available to your friends as well. I think it is. I think it's, you control it in your privacy settings. Okay, There's cool. a way to, I believe, if not, that should be there. I forget Absolutely. what it says. It's funny when, it, when it, it's clearly a game that I quit. It's just like, 
I played this game for a little while. Yeah. 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 Or I started ones. this game. It's like, okay. You clearly yeah, that's quit the that ones one. you're like, I didn't really like that one. Yeah. I think maybe delete is might be the way you have to hide it from people so you delete it. Uh, delete the particular phrase? Because I delete the games. The, you can delete your play activity. Gotcha. So it'll just remove it from the list. Even though even if you played a game for hundred hours, it'll just say you haven't won't show up anymore. Hmm. Uh, There's some I've played for hundred hours that I can't recommend. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You played a game for 100 hours and you just won't recommend it. Uh, yeah, a couple of them. Uh, it's those games where you're, you're like sliding, you know, like uh, I think it was called 2048, but I don't think it's the most popular version of it. It's like a grid, right? And okay. you slide to make the numbers grow bigger, but they have to be certain denominations of the same number to smush into each other. Okay. And when it was like history themed, the other was city themed. And... I'll lose myself in those games, dude. And I'm not getting smarter. That's the thing. You play oh. Picross 3D, your your mind is engaged. It actually is. You're actually doing math. I gotcha. Uh, when I'm doing 2048 games, I'm not smart. It's not it's not for smart people. It's just for people who like the aesthetics of mushing things together. <laughs> okay. I got it here. So it single player sliding block puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I see it, it now. I, I get it now. Is yeah. the title history 2048? There's just called 2048. Uh, there's a bunch of sites to go play it. I guess it's gotcha. there's a lot of knockoffs or something. Yeah. This is originally de- designed by the Italian web developer Gabriel Cerulli. Yeah, uh, came out in 2014. Did you ever play Pushmo, Kyle? Yeah. Oh. I really liked Pushmo, but you talked about getting smarter. That game was a really funny experience for me where I was just having the time of my life mm-hmm. and then the puzzles just got too hard and I was like... I. I can't enjoy this anymore. Oh. The game is now too smart for me. Yeah, but Ben, I think it's not even just puzzle game. A lot of puzzle games do this. I recently, like Baba Is You do this, yeah. is that it just becomes more annoying. Mm. You just have to do more work to solve the puzzle, not necessarily outthink the puzzle. And mm. that's when I get disappointed. Is yeah, uh, Pushmo just got annoying by the end. It's like, yeah. there's just too many, I can't do, there's just, there's too much trial and error here, bud. That's something that's so satisfying about Tetris is, no matter what, it's quick. Like putting down the pieces, you're always doing something, you're always engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they had the sequels, right? They had more than one. There was Pulmo and then something was else. Was it Pulmo? Like, I was thinking something pulled something, but I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah. Okay. And it's, to me, it's like buddies. No, don't add more. They're like, we have more quirks to this. It's just like buds. You had something oh, crash mo, push mo world, stretch mo. Stretch mo, dude. Stretch mo. How'd they get that many sequels? What was Stretchmo? I don't think I played Stretchmo. Stretchmo is a, uh, from Intelligent Systems, uh, follows the same gameplay format as previous games. Uh, new to this game is the ability to stretch pieces out in addition to pushing and pulling. <laughs> Some levels also contain hazards that might attack the player. Oh, no. I, <laughs> too much? It's too, too much. much. Uh, it looks like it was came out five years ago, 2015. Hmm. Stretch mail. Yeah. Good rings. Yeah. Uh, this firmware update, though, um, just came out. So nice additions, but a little bit of a juicy speculation came from it as well. So a data miner named Mike Heskin uh, rep- uh, posted some findings on Twitter after digging through the, the code of the newest firmware. Found that firmware... adds preliminary support 
for a new hardware model named NX-ABCD. ABCD. Three of the five new DRAM profiles are for this new hardware type. And there's evidence of a secondary display of sorts being added, added exclusively to this new model. So, just to clarify, uh, earlier this year, Nintendo's president, uh, Furukawa, stated that there will be no new Switch model in 2020 at the investor meeting. He told investors this, so mm-hmm. not a good idea to lie to your investors on the Illegal, in fact. Yeah, it's illegal. And two, uh, with the current situation in the world, even if Nintendo had a change of heart and wanted to, they, they can't. There's no, there's no way they're putting the system out this year. So not happening this year, but just to keep that in mind. So maybe next year, we've had rumors about a Switch Pro model for a long time, like two years running now. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the, the, the nice juicy tidbit from this is the secondary display. And I want to know what you two think about that. Like what ideas do you have in mind or does that get you excited at all or do what do you think that might even mean a secondary display for i i just immediately jumped to virtual console and this is something they already did on the wii u uh they did ds virtual console games and i wonder if you could repackage and resell somehow like 3ds games now on this new model of switch um yeah i i mean that's one of the most asked things for ben is getting some of those 3ds games on switch and there's, there's demand. There's absolutely demand there. Towards the end of, uh, sorry, towards the beginning of the Switch's life cycle, uh, when there were still some new first-party games coming to 3DS, like Luigi's Mansion remake, uh, people were like, why didn't you just put that on Switch? I mean, like, here at Easy Allies, uh, Huber has been on the record multiple times wondering why these game, a lot of these 3DS games don't come to Switch. Uh, I'm kind of on board with them. We've heard from mm-hmm. other people that they love their 3DS and that, you know, shouldn't, they have their reasons for why they love it. But at the same time, the, the solution of why don't they come in on both? And this, the, the whole thing about some games have very unique second screen experiences. Like the world ends with you got a new version that came out that was reworked to not deal with that, but it's not exactly the same. So that's one of the things that might be holding up some of these ports yeah, Ben, I'm with you on this. Like, I mm-hmm. hope it has some as a part of the solution to dealing with those 3DS games so we can get, like, a 3DS back catalog put right. on the Switch. Like, uh, each one individually added for digital purchase. And it, there would be precedence for making re-releases of those games on a newer version of the console because, like, Super Nintendo Virtual Console games on the 3DS, you had to have a new 3DS, uh, which I don't think is ideal, but... They have done it before. It's a good selling point. And yeah, I mean, you're right, Ben. There has been precedent. Nintendo, and this is something I think they'd be more willing to do. I don't think they're ready to segregate on core Switch games, but Mm -hmm. like an ancillary feature like this, where it's like, hey, an added bonus is if you are a Switch Pro owner, you can actually get 3DS games digitally. Uh, Mm -hmm. However they want to deliver those to you individually or as part of a virtual console service or whatever. And just be like, but if you're on the older Switches, these are, it'll just have like on the little eShop page, not compatible with Switch or Switch Lite, you know, or Mm -hmm. requires a Switch Pro unit or something. I I, I can see them doing something like that for sure. So, yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of in a business sense, right? 
why it would make sense to create a, an entire second screen, which is, you know, going to ramp up your costs. And so this is my theory. I got a theory uh, that it functions, the Switch Pro may function more like the Wii U in that uh, it is, uh, most of the hardware is in this chunk. And then maybe if you just, you know, to undock your switch, it'll work in your living room. It'll work within a distance of the switch pro, but it won't work on the bus. Uh, but still, like you said, I wouldn't want to segregate it. I think you lose so much of the appeal of the switch. If you remove that, if you say, Hey, if you, if you take this out of your living room, it's not going to work anymore. I mean, that's what second screen was, right? That's exactly. So Kyle, go with me on this. Hmm. I mean, I don't feel I'm qualified enough to to give the technical objection to what I'm about to say, but you know, I have the two of you here, so maybe you can think of something. But I mean, that's this is honestly what I was thinking of is that they're going for the Wii U angle um, that when you un you can play it docked and play on a single screen, like that's like full hardcore mode, like you're getting the full benefit of the Switch Pro power. Mm-hmm. But the other part of the power equation is that when you undock it, you can play in true undocked mode. So like normal switch, it just, you play it on the regular screen and then there's just like secondary screen mode where your switch functions is like one screen and then it's streamlining, it's streaming it to the switch dock, which then also streams to the TV. So you can play mirrored where you see it on both like the Wii U did, or the switch can be one screen, like the gamepad, the Wii U gamepad, and then TV is like the other screen. I, I think it just can work like the Wii U. It'll have Wii U accessibility built into it, essentially, while also still retaining the ability to play fully docked on, on your TV monitor or whatever you're playing or fully undocked. So I'll have a third mode, basically, like tethered mode or whatever. Right, where the, the, all I could think of, the reason for that would be the hardware is in the dock as opposed to the hardware inside of the handheld. So my thing would be the, the what I'm thinking is when you play in undocked mode, true undocked, and you want to take it on the bus, mm-hmm. it's just a, it goes back down to like switch light power specs gotcha, or whatever. Gotcha. So, so you still can't some play in boosted mode or whatever. Like it just goes back down into like, and some functionality is removed. Like, oh, you can't play your 3DS games on here right now because you don't have the second screen option. It just removes some of the functionality and power if you go into that. Yeah, man. I just don't know how feasible Then you're manufacturing this is. two switches per console, basically. I mean, yeah. this is why it's ex- the pro model expensive, maybe. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this is I don't wild. know how feasible this is. but It's like, wild to think about, for this sure. This is what I would like. But I, yeah, Ben, what do you got? I just feel like this is getting away from a lot of the philosophy that makes the switch so good. Mm-hmm. Especially if you go back to that early marketing, I think, I think the idea of the switch that anyone can play it in any configuration and it's no hassle, like having three different versions of it. I, I see what you're getting at based on the information that we have, but it seems like even every time I revisit the Wii U now, I'm reminded of how much of a pain in the ass that system is. Like, it's just not fun to, finagle with and it has such limited range and it's just like it's just a it's just a cumbersome machine and so i i wouldn't want the switch to become that as grateful as i would be for like expanded software options and like better hardware more powerful hardware i i wouldn't want it to be so cumbersome i guess if they found so here might the if they found a way to address the the whatever the part the cumbersome part about it was for you ben but and just to clarify, just in case it wasn't like mm. in my head, 
is that my problem with the Wii U was that one, the gamepad was too big. Even if it could take it on the go, I yeah. wouldn't want it. So the Switch Pro, I'm thinking the form factor is still close to the OG Switch in terms of size. It's not any mm. bigger than that, hopefully. So it's still portable on its own. And two, the only components coming with this are just a new dock and a new Switch unit. So it's still the same thing you got with the OG Switch. It just now has one extra mode. Mm. Is that when you, when you take it out of the dock, you can go and I sit, I'm sitting here playing. I can, what I see on my screen here could be different. I can still see it on a TV as well that you can't do that unless you dock it currently. It just has that extra functionality there. So sure. maybe the docks beefier or something like that. Like they have to put more into the dock. Some sort uh, of super dock. Yeah. Like, yeah. Super dock. <laughs> just something like that. And that's where the cost. So like the, the, the unit itself is a little bit more powerful. So extra cost there. And then the docks a little bit more powerful. So extra cost there. Uh, again, this is why I say I'm not technically I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. the technical expertise to say how feasible this is, but as long as the form factor and like it's instantaneous pretty much, and I can still take it on the go, that addresses my, what I did not like about the Wii U. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that addresses that for you, Ben. Um, like if I, I if this was possible, would that still? I think or do you have other objections. Or I think the the only other objection that I that I would have is like based on what you're saying, if there would be certain restrictions, like I would be, if I had to dock it in order to get the extra performance, like, well, mm. then I would never want to undock it because I always want the extra performance. Or if it's like, well, you can't play these certain games in this mode. I think when it becomes like, you know, the 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 list of like, what is compatible in what mode, that's kind of the clunkiness that I'm talking about. I think part of the gotcha. of the switch is that like, I pick it up, I can play, I put it down, I can play. That sort of simplicity is what I'm talking about. Okay, I can um, understand that for sure. The second screen, though, I want to talk about this real quick because we did bring up the, uh, for, forget this more pie in the sky option. The thing about having like a secondary display to play like, sorry, to play 3DS games potentially. Mm-hmm. How do you, do you can you even kind of put into words how you would visualize how this new switch would look like where would the second how would it do this like i'm kind of curious how it would do a secondary dis- like how would you be able to play 3ds games on this would it be like a flip out like a that's what panel? i immediately jumped to is that it would have the sandwich kind of ds style but do you think i don't know like, i, like, I kind of like out like second screen that comes from the oh, bottom man. or top I, I like I, I I yeah I'm trying to figure out a way how they would do this or I mean that that's my difficulty envisioning it being one form factor and having the right. second screen a part of it I just don't see the clamshell coming back for Switch for some reason I don't know if I'm just being weird about that but I I don't believe they will revisit that design. Uh, Damiani, I don't I don't know what language is used for the second screen, but. I want to throw by one more theory that maybe it's just like, you know how a lot of people are using the app to chat in animal crossing. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they're just expanding Mm -hmm. upon this idea. Yeah. Yeah, That, you know, you're using a second screen app per game to do the things that the switch won't allow you to do in the game itself. So maybe that kind of thing is what we're talking about when we talk about second screen experience. Yeah. Uh, But But if the ABCD is, if the second screen only applies to the ABCD, then that's debunked. Yeah, because I was gonna, we already have the second screen experience through that Nintendo Switch app. Mm-hmm. Like I already, we already do that to bring in custom designs to Animal Crossing. So 
you just like scan a code, do that, manage it through that. I mean, I, I could easily see like, oh, your phone, you have to have a touchscreen capable phone to use it. So whatever, iOS, Android, whatever. But when you boot up the 3DS stuff on it, then why wouldn't that work on older models? Because they already support the Switch app. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they are. Maybe they're bringing it to all three. Maybe this is something like, hey, we really don't want to even segregate this. We want everyone to have this feature. So maybe this mention of it is just right now it looks like it's exclusive to this new model potentially, but maybe it's a, something they want to integrate into everything. I mean, he- heck, maybe that is the way they do it for the older models and maybe this new model does have a built-in second screen somehow we're just not thinking of yet. Hmm. So I, I, this is the fun thing though. I, the, I guess the point I want to hammer home is that the second screen speculation is probably the most interesting thing I personally had to talk about when it comes to Switch Pro rumors because everything's just been like, mm, more RAM, more memory, or yeah. the graphics are going to look better. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, of course, that's what's expected. But uh, when it comes to Nintendo, you kind of expect some kind of creative or disruptive angle for them because obviously no matter what hardware they put into that Switch Pro, it's not directly competing with PS5 or Series X. So they got to do something else, you know, to keep people intrigued in it in addition to their strong software lineup that you know they need to keep pumping out yeah it's tricky dude it's it's and it's stuff that could like never come to fruition too you know what i mean like they could just be putting that stuff in the firmware just like as backups just in case like we're you know we're just future proofing it right exactly so yeah it's, it's it's so tough it's really tough it's, it's hard with Nintendo when it comes to revision and new console speculation. It's, it's more difficult, I think, than it is with Sony and Microsoft because mm-hmm. with Nintendo, I can either be like, they're, they're both extremes sometimes where either it's going to be brilliant or the dumbest thing. And so <laughs> like I, when I try to speculate, I'm kind of trying to think of both extremes because both seem so likely to me. See, Ben, like the point you just brought up, that's the small fear in the back of my mind is that what they have envisioned for this this rumored second screen experience is going to be the dumbest thing ever and be a complete flop like it's totally possible and it could just kill all momentum or a lot of the momentum i think it's just this fear but you're absolutely right you know nintendo does have a history of they get some things right they they get some things horribly wrong when it comes to this stuff and And they're bound to swing back the other way Yes. Yeah, and as you said, Kyle, this is still speculation. And then right. hasn't said anything about this. Their official stance is no new Switch model in 2020. That's all they've said. So we'll have to wait and see. You never know. But our speculation's not ending. <laughs> We're going to keep speculating. Just not about, well, actually, this next section might involve some new Switch speculation potentially. I don't know. It might go there. We'll have to see. But last episode, we talked about the plethora of reports that came out of uh, a bunch of European sites and then eventually uh, some uh, sites here, North American sites corroborated it. Uh, A Super Mario 35th anniversary event and a Super Mario, a set of 3D Mario remasters and potentially remakes or enhanced ports coming later this year. Um, So very substantiated. Uh, Sounds very believable. And this is the 35th year, uh, 35th anniversary year of Mario that got me thinking about next year, 2021. A lot of people liked last episode. 
they're very happy with what we did. So I just wanted to keep that going, keep the good vibes going. Mm-hmm. And so 2021, the year we all want to keep looking forward to and stuff because we just want to, you know, skip ahead. 2020 you know, is a wash at this point. Delete 2020. Yeah. 2020 didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so looking forward, hopefully, to better times. And also 2021 is the 35th anniversary of the Legend of Zelda series. So I would like to eventually get to some speculation about what we'd like to see coming out of next year from the Legend of Zelda series. To get some ideas going, I just want to quickly give you some of the things they did in the past for the 25th and 30th anniversaries. There's probably a lot of you, a lot of these you probably remember, mm. but- 25 uh, was a big one. 25 was a big one. They started, they kicked it off uh, with uh, E3 2011. Uh, they started their press conference with that concert, a mini concert playing all those mm. Zelda songs leading up to Skyward Sword. Uh, they announced that later this, that year they would have a special 25th anniversary uh, symphony um, that was held in Los Angeles. They also had a follow-up in uh, Tokyo and London. That symphony's, uh, that concert got put on a CD. Uh, the 25th anniversary uh, symphony uh, special, it was included as part of the special edition for Skyward Sword. Uh, they also announced an entire concert series uh, called Symphony of the Goddesses that to- I think, I don't know if it's still touring, but it went on for several years. Uh, they also released Hyrule Historia in Japan, which was the first, which the first ever public official timeline for Legend of Zelda series was revealed in that, amongst other things. Uh, Skyward Sword also came out, 25th anniversary. In fact, in-game, they had a nod to the 25th anniversary. Uh, the dialogue at the beginning at the academy. They said, if you know, it's our 25th year. Um, I think at, at the credits, you see the 25th at the near There's the, the logo too. there for the concert and the celebration as well. Um, a bunch of other games got re-releases or enhanced ports. Uh, Link's Awakening DX came out on the eShop that year. Ocarina of Time 3D came out on the 3DS that year. Uh, the four And Four Swords Anniversary Edition came out on DSi and 3DS. Uh, best way to play it, honestly. <laughs> Um, lots of merchandise came out for that as well. Um, so a bunch of stuff for the 25th anniversary. And I think also like it, it sounds like just a blurb right now, uh, but it was a big deal when Link's Awakening was re-released on the 3DS. It was a pretty ignored game up to that point. The last and yeah. for them to acknowledge it and release it, and it was during their E3 presentation. Yeah. Uh, hey, Link's Awakening is coming to the 3DS. I think soon. If it wasn't today, it yeah. was like it's coming there soon. Was- also some weird confusion about it, I think at first because they also announced what was it Zevious? They had like a 3D version of old classic NES games. Yeah. And some people thought the Link's Awakening DX was gonna be like 3D or something, but it, it wasn't. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, it, they made a big deal about it, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like it seems it seems like a small thing now because we're so used to just Nintendo re-releasing all their games, and especially even I mean there was a virtual console on Wii. I get that, but yeah, for some reason it seemed very very special that this Game Boy color game would be revived and playable it's only available on 3ds shops not on wii or wii u virtual console yeah i mean there was there was similar fanfare for like that i remember with pokemon red and blue releasing on 3ds that was a huge deal yeah yes yeah that was huge too that i thought would never happen it's very funny though because uh part of the explanation for the existence of Link's awakening on switch uh, was Anima saying how difficult it is nowadays to find Link's Awakening when <laughs> <laughs> what we just talked about is like eh, eh, it's on 3DS eShop as we speak right now. Uh, it's still listed there. You know, very cheap. Um, Wait, what, what does he mean? He wants to keep it special? 
He, no, he's basically saying it's hard to play. So by re- making by making this reversion, we're making it more accessible for people to experience Link's Awakening. When for a grand total of a Switch console plus the new version, combine those price, a new any 3DS and uh, the price of Link's Awakening DS, it's still cheaper and the more original way to play it on 3DS. Like it's mm-hmm. easier and cheaper to play it on that. Like it's you just need an internet connection to download it. That's like the only hurdle. I guess. Anyway, don't, no, we don't need to really get into that, but I mean, they did release a lot of stuff for that. made a big deal, had the logo, as you said, Kyle. Big celebration that lasted about a year. Um, fast forward to 30th anniversary, and this is what they did for the 30th anniversary. Um, the 26, you know, uh, 2016 uh, was the first time we saw a trailer uh, for Breath of the Wild with gameplay. Like, uh, it was called Breath of the Wild. We saw like the gameplay that was like from pretty much the final version remember that reggie there was no direct that year they just did a zelda presentation and then mm-hmm. zelda was at the show floor like they showed that trailer where we're like "Ooh, wasn't gotcha. the the one the epic music but it's still remember how we we're saying we should have probably watched and reacted to that <laughs> After the yeah fact. so this is yeah. this is not 20 is this 2016 this is 2016 yeah Oh, because next year's... Okay, yes. Yep, so yep. that was the E3. They only did Zelda. Yep. Next Got year was it. Mario. All right. Yeah, well, then that was huge. That was enormous. Uh, they released a, a series of books. Uh, they released Arts and Artifacts, a bunch of art uh, and illustrations and interviews from a bunch of the games in the series, uh, a 30th anniversary encyclopedia, which also added new timeline information, but like a ton of other stuff in there as well, and then an in-depth art book and interview book for Breath of the Wild called... Uh, creating a champion. So I only know it by it's uh it's called the masterworks in Japan. So these all had different names in Japan. Um, so these three dark horse published these, these are a big deal. These are huge books. They're really nice gorgeous. covers and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love this stuff. I was so happy about this. Like, Hyrule story was great, but we didn't get Hyrule story for another two years after the 25th anniversary in English. This stuff, they were pretty came slightly delayed, but not like a two year delay, which is nice. Skyward sword got a, digital release on wii u uh you could purchase it when they released those uh wii games on wii u uh there was a 30th anniversary concert held in japan uh they released a cd for that they also released a 30th anniversary soundtrack which includes songs from like a lot almost all the games in there just like a big comprehensive soundtrack uh, a bunch of merch and stuff like that so a little bit less um ambitious i would say than the 25th anniversary but still they did a way more than i would have expected for 30th anniversary so now we get to or i want to uh, pick your brains uh the 30th fifth anniversary is next year and i want to start with a patron question for both of you this comes from victor hey allies with the 35th anniversary of zelda on the horizon would you like to see a remake or remaster of skyward sword do you think that a remake of skyward sword without motion controls would even be feasible or should that game be left in the footnotes of history (laughs) because the other reason i picked this kyle and ben Mm. because i remember the q a session we just did where we talked about kyle's first memories of ben Mm. Ben playing the Zelda games yeah. after mm. hours at game trailers and Ben really loving Skyward Sword. And I know you really love Skyward Sword, Kyle. Yeah. So I do. this question is like right up your alley, I felt. So this is why mm-hmm. I picked this one specifically. And also it's 
it's essentially the longest. Oh, no, I guess you just said that the three, uh, uh, Ocarina of Time 3D, uh, came out before Skyward Sword, but it feels like it's the, the longest we've waited for is to play a Zelda game, right? Each of those others have had re-releases since then. Like we've had a Twilight Princess more recently. We've had a Wind Waker more recently. We've had, uh, uh, Majora's Mask more recently. So it's actually like reaching the furthest back would be Skyward Sword at this point, which sounds crazy. I don't think they did any enhancements for when it was put back on the when it was put on the Wii U uh, shop or whatever eShop. Yeah, 2016. It was just the yeah. same game, and you, you just literally just used the Wii remote and nunchuck again. Um, um but so if you're not familiar, I guess, and the th- the reason I would struggle is that there are certain fights that would be uninteresting if it weren't for the gimmick mechanic of you being able to control which way you slice gotcha i think you would have to slow down time resist uh resistance style you uh metal gear resistance i got uh you'd have to be able to just have it like a cursor that would go this way and you just kind of like slow down time and then you can determine that but i think that might just take the gas out of a ton of fights it would need a lot of rethinking i think yeah, I, Kyle, I agree with you. I, I'm pretty torn on this because I, I do think there are a lot of quality of life things that they could do in Skyward Sword that would make it, I think, more appreciable to people. And I would like the game to kind of get another chance. Um, but at the same time, it feels like you would be forcing it in a way. Like, I'd be hesitant to see how they would tackle those technological problems with the motion controls and all that stuff. And so I, I think I'd be coming into it with some hesitation. I just don't think visually it needs that much of an update. I think that is one of Skyward Sword's strongest points is that it is a really good looking game. And I think it has a very striking style. And so I wouldn't want that to be neutered, but I also don't think it would need to be changed that much. I actually think I'd be more excited if they kind of went a Link's Awakening route and, and picked a Zelda game that I think they could be more creative with. Um, be more creative visually and have more freedom just in terms of the controls and presentation. Like I think it'd be really cool if they remade the Oracle games. And I I think there's so much potential there. I think those are criminally underappreciated games uh, as well. And so rather than Skyward Sword, which like maybe you'd be making it a lesser game because it was so designed for the Wii. um, I don't think that would necessarily be the case with something like the Oracle games. Um. I, I, I'm with both of you. I think this is probably the hardest game of the 3D Zeldas to tackle for any kind, even just the straight port of it to any system. I mean, you'd have to pretty much force people to play it on an OG Switch with the Joy-Cons. Mm. Otherwise, they'd have to do some kind of reworking of the controls. For people on Switch Lite or people do want to play with Joy-Cons. The best case scenario I can think for this, so here, I don't I don't view Skyward Sword as fondly as either of you. Mm. I don't think it's a atrocious, like a bad game. I, I do think it, to me, to me, it is my least favorite 3D Zelda game. And it is in the lower tier of my Zelda games, but there, it's still an enjoyable game and it has its strong points. Like I do agree with a lot of people about its dungeons, like 3D Zelda's mm. do like the best dungeons and Skyward Sword continue that tradition. My gripes never had anything to do with the controls, pretty much. It was mostly the the sky was boring and had nothing to do. And then, like, the overall design trying to be, like, this dungeon felt 
like it was just missing some essential stuff that I, I enjoyed from the other game. Even like Breath of the Wild solved it basically. Um, that was the solution, I think. But I think if they're going to do anything, it, because it requires so much love and care, and it's going to require an elegant solution for the for for the motion controls to convert them. I think maybe they just get a little bit more ambitious and treat this like a like a remake that they 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 overhaul the game. It's not just quality of life. They they actually rework parts of the game. Like this might give them for me, like I'd love to see an opportunity for them to revisit the sky area. Maybe do some more stuff with it. More revisit, islands, man. Yeah, yeah, revisit the overworld. It's like, hey, let's 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 touch up a few parts here and stuff. You know, there's a lot of quality of life stuff they can do. And on top of all this, overhaul the combat system. Try and come up with a unique combat system that might not be exactly true to the original, but it still kind of evokes that feeling of this is a unique combat system. This isn't something I got in any other Zelda game. So they, they I mean, I, I believe they can come up with something like that and I hope they can. I, I think it should get like a little bit more work put into it. I think of all the Zelda game that, that they, that we might come up with ideas. This is the one I think they spend the most time on and, and do the most reworking. Uh, I really, there's a lot of things that are, are worth salvaging. I really liked upgrading your equipment. Yes. Not just a stronger sword and shield, but you know, like a stronger slingshot, you know, like I, I really, and just visually they would upgrade as well. Kyle, I was I just to love that. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Also, obviously just, I just love the town. I love Skyloft and all yes. the shops within. Yeah. I was just going to say that how, how cool that like bazaar is where you go in and all the stalls are around. Yeah, that place is awesome. Um, Damiani, I really agree with your idea and I think that's an interesting way to do it. Um, that kind of reworking. I just feel like the way that they treat these remakes and remasters, it they, they seem to treat them pretty preciously and even when they do make changes, they're, it, it feels like they're just kind of like cleaning up on the outside. Like they, there seems to be this sort of hesitation to really get in there and do dramatic things like, okay, this fight is now completely different or, you know, we've added this, the multiple new crazy things or we've completely reinterpreted the pacing. I just feel like they haven't really done that with a Zelda remake before. Um, I do think that this would be a good candidate for it, but it just doesn't, I just don't see the interest there. You're, you're right. I mean, Link's Awakening, honestly, at this point, the Switch one was probably like the most comprehensive altering and even that stuck yeah it was mostly quality of life stuff uh so some changes here and there but i i don't see them they haven't set a precedent of going any more radical than that okay yeah. time 3d was mostly quality of life improvements same with majora's mass 3d i mean majora's mass 3d probably had more that's a long story for that game about the debate over the changes for that game whether they were for all most were for the better or the worst but I mean, the, those two, uh, Majora's Mask 3D, I think, and Link's Awakening Switch are probably the most, uh, if you want to put them, liberal changes, if you want to even call them that. Uh, but everything else they've ever touched has pretty much, you know, been small changes here and there. They haven't done anything on the level of like re re Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 remake or anything like that. Right. Uh, so I, I, I understand what you're saying, Ben. I just don't feasibly see them doing that, especially when they're working on Breath of the Wild. That's like a big project. Right, exactly. Seems like their specialty exactly. is, like even the Wind Waker HD, uh, as much touted changes they did in that, that's probably what it'll be more in line with. So I think the answer is going to be, 
they probably are going to have to find a workaround for the combat system. Uh, they'll probably offer OG system if you play on a Switch with motion controls. They'll probably still allow that, but they'll probably have to be an alternate form. And the best thing I've seen to date is some kind of weird hold down a shoulder trigger button to change the right analog from being camera control to being your free range movement for your sword hand. So like holding right moves, like you can move it in 360 degrees, like with the, the right analog stick like this. And then like slashing left to right, will do this and like diagonally and like all those degrees of freedom, the, 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 those, those uh, angles will just be translated that way. So it won't be as You know fluid. what? That works fine. That works absolutely fine. Probably as fluid, but like if you think about it, most of it is just slash horizontally, slash diagonally, slash vertically. Right. You just got to do it quick in some parts and like do like two or three patterns. I think that would work. Um, the other thing I can only think of, uh, if this doesn't come out any time, if it comes out next year, this is where I started mentioning the, the other Switch model, secondary display, mm. whatever. If it's built in, it's a touchscreen. They use touchscreen controls yeah, or something that's like disgusting that. To me. I don't, don't like do that. that, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt, but hey. But yeah, I think the hold down a trigger button and use the right, an, right analog changes to, or left or right just becomes your sword movement. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's probably the closest they're going to get, in my opinion. I can see it working. I don't think there were any times where you really needed to tilt backwards to do this i don't know if there so were so you could do that but yeah uh there was the, also the raise the sword up and then slash mm -hmm. but they could probably achieve the slash forward momentum by also hitting one of the face buttons just do like you can you can still do a slash but like you hold a direction and then like so let's say you're holding the z like let's say like hold right trigger or left uh -huh. trigger let's say left trigger for all this probably easy so you're holding down your okay. left trigger and now right analog becomes sword combat so mm -hmm. your thumb's on the right analog now. So like you, you, you're locked in place. Like your left analog can like make you strafe a bit, but like you don't have a lot of movement right now. Like uh, you're just kind of like moving slowly if you want. You can make your slashes with the, the flick of the thumb in whatever direction. But let's say you need to like hold it in a direction. You, either, you can either hold it. If you hold up and flick down, it'll do a vertical slash down. But if you hold up and then you're, you're holding and then you like maybe tap another trigger uh, like the right trigger at that point. Right, let's release the trigger. Or re release it, it'll do the slash. Okay. It'll just, like Whatever position it is, it'll finish the swing. Yeah. So you can either do the flick with the right analog or hold down left trigger, aim with the right analog, let go trigger, it follows through and does the slash. So like that might even be faster. Like you could like this quick tap and like right slash, left slash, up slash. Like instead of trying to make them like the flicks on the right analog, I don't, but it offers both. I mean, I think it. it could work. Yeah. I'd play it. I'd try it. Yeah, I, for sure. I hope that with the Switch version of Skyward Sword, they actually just ship you a sword, like an mm. actual blade that is really sharp and you can, that's, that's how they do yeah. it. It's, it's a super Joy-Con. I know you're, I know you're, And I know some you're, sort of like bird too, for when you have to control the bird. Yeah. Oh, oh, but it's the, a real life the, bird. Yeah. yeah, claw thing. I forget the name of the beetle thing. That the beetle thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but on a serious note, Ben and Kyle, what if they included a peripheral of this that connected to your switch to be? No, you don't want a peripheral. I think they want to distance themselves from that too. Okay. Okay. They did do a wheel for yeah. Mario Kart, right? But it does seem like they want to distance themselves from the Wii. I, I think they should not do any more. I don't want this. I don't want yeah. this. I'm just trying to think of anything. But yeah. 
anyway. Uh, but but Skyward Sword is just one of them. That's a potential candidate. Now okay. I know the three D Mar- the Mario rumors about three D Mario's, but we have only gotten re releases of like most of the Zelda games. Only Ocarina of Time, The Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, uh, Link's Awakening, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask all got touch ups. A Link to the Past did a long time ago um, on GBA, but it's been mm-hmm. a while since I touched a Link to the Past. Um, and obviously Link's Awakening up, Link's Awakening DX. So the 3D games, they've already kind of touched them. The Wind Waker and the and Twilight Princess HD. I think those games were both released on Wii U. Uh, I think they deserve, especially the Wind Waker HD, that has to come out on Switch. Like, that's been one of, in my mind, it's been one of the most obvious things to bring those. And both those are already done. Mm-hmm. So I, I expect those two are coming to Switch next year. Like, they're just happening. It's part of the 35th anniversary. Sure. I don't know. I mean, it seems obvious to me. It's weird, man. It's funny. We talk a lot about... <laughs> uh, we talk a lot about, you know, backwards compatibility. To me, that's so annoying, the idea of buying Wind Waker again. <laughs> Unle- it, it, unless it's different again, Damiani. Like, they need... You're well, right. It should obviously be on Switch, but just the idea of buying that product again at sixty dollars is like woof. They're gonna have to rework one thing about it, though. Mm. The bottles—they were through Meverse. Mm. They'll have to either build an in-game messaging system to continue that, or they'll have to come up with a new way to handle that. And that was an important part of that game. They made it way easier to do the figurine stuff because people would snap photos, put them in a bottle, and send them to you. It's like, oh, remember those missable ones? I got a photo for you. Here you go. You're, Who's, you're who is that good of a friend? No, there are people who would do it. You just go online. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to start, I'm going to send out my bottle now. Like go online and see if you maybe get it. Oh, so I can't, multiple there, people, people there can receive people one trying bottle. to like help out with it. Yeah. That's there was cool. an organized thing to help out with that. But as you said, Kyle, they might be able to add even more stuff to it. Cause we saw part of the rumor of the Mario 35th anniversary is that uh, Super Mario 3D world would get an enhanced delu- or deluxe version mm-hmm. or, switch and all these have come with new content of some kind so if the wind waker she got the wind waker deluxe you'd expect they'd add some more to it so that there could be more stuff added to it kyle i feel like what was exciting about speculating on the mario stuff is that it felt like it covered so many different areas of mario you know when we're talking 64 and sunshine and 3d world like that's that really is a pretty lengthy history of mario if it was just like wind waker and twilight princess that is a very specific oh. period of time and so whenever these sorts of discussions come about my dream my hope is always that it's it's more comprehensive oh and yeah it's like here are a bunch of games i don't think this is all they're gonna do i think these two are just obvious i think these are just gonna happen regardless these are gonna be part of the package mm. um here, uh, let me just let me get out of the way. I think the Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, the Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess HD are going to come to Switch next year, part of the 35th anniversary. I also think Ocarina of Time 3D and Majora's Mask 3D will get in, uh, up HD remasters for Switch as well. Those have been cool. two of the most asked for th- games to be brought on to a console and not on just handheld. Yeah. And as we talked about, Nintendo doesn't seem to be one to do these ambitious remake style games. Right. So that my pipe dream of having an Ocarina of Time like remake in the style of Resident Evil remake or Final Fantasy remake is probably never going to happen. So the next best thing is to take the 3DS versions and 
H like make them 720, 1080, whatever you're gonna do, uh, and add them to Switch. I think those four games are a lock for next year for Switch. Uh, I but think I think there's more. I absolutely think there's gonna be more. Be great. I think those four are just gonna be the baseline. Mm. Um, and we don't really have to talk too much about those four if you don't, because Ben, uh, well, you look like you want to say something first, Kyle. Before I yeah, get to I want to I want to talk about those last two. I don't think they're locks, and okay. I wonder if I think you have to be careful, especially with Ocarina of Time. It has to be presented in its best possible way. I think they know the value of that game. And I don't think a simple 3DS up-res does it justice. I don't think they want it looking worse than Twilight Princess and looking worse than Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. I, don't th- I don't think that one's a lock. Well, I mean, maybe it's more effort than I made it seem. But that game, that game needs to, will look good. I think those, char- if those models are like, they just do those models in HD as they are, that already looks much better than Ocarina of Time. I think, Ocarina, I think Ocarina yeah. of Time 3D looks really good, but it's because it's so, everything's rendered so low res on the small screen. That's how it looks so good. But if they can make it look as good as it does on that small screen on the big screen, and it still looks that crisp and nice, I, I think that's, a good, that, that's good. I think they'll do more touch-up on it, though. I, I, I would I, save it. I would save it, man. I would save I, it to I be wish, a big, huge deal as opposed would, to, yeah, we're porting up the 3DS that, version. But I'm scared they're never going to do that, Kyle. Sure. I, I don't think they are. Yeah. Um, so maybe not saying they're locked. I would say, let me rephrase that then, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Good, good call on that. I deeply desire, at the very minimum, those two also coming out on Switch. So I can just play them yeah. on a TV and stuff like that. Uh, but Ben, you did mention something yeah. earlier. I want to get yeah. to the like more of the maybe potentially fun speculation. Mm. You talked about the Oracle games, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages. Yeah. I absolutely believe, maybe not next year, but at some point, those two games are getting the Link's Awakening Switch treatment because I think the success, the, 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 uh, wow, the success of Link's Awakening um, and the fact that they have that engine now ready to go and those games one-to-one will translate into that engine, I, I, I absolutely would love to see them do Oracle Season Ages in that style. And, and I think it's within their, it's, it's in Grezzo's power because they already did one they have one in their, their belt now maybe this is thinking the exact wrong way but i feel like you know whether you liked it or didn't like it there was a lot of kind of power in the original unveiling of Link's awakening the remake and that style i think it was if it, i think it loses a lot if it's just like we're gonna do that again but with these games now like i that that kind of very specific Link's Awakening remake style, just seeing it applied again is cool and neat. Like it's a good style, I think, but I, I wonder if it loses some of that, that charm and specialness. It's, uh, it's RE3 remake syndrome. Yeah. Where yeah, exactly. it's a less popular sequel. Uh, so it, it will unquestionably be a less popular remake. And so it, it, it does struggle with that a bit. I wonder, I wonder if it'd even be a good idea to do both at once. I, I, I think they should be included as one game. I don't know how you don't do both at once, though. Yeah, I, I think they have to both come out at the same time. So here's the weird thing. I, I think we all played them back-to-back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard for me to differentiate them. I know one is Seasons, and then one has some Tower, or where like ages, things kind of change from yeah. time. Yeah, I can't remember one temple beneath, between them. I do remember this underground thing with the Jawas. That was really cool. Sabrosia? 
Sorry. So it's called Subrosia and they're called sure. the Subrosians. Yeah. yeah. For the most part, I don't remember one game from the other, like oh. story-wise, which villains were in which games. And I think a lot of it bleeds okay. into themselves. They're not allowed to be special games in their own. Uh, I mean, they are meant to be the, while they tell their own tales, I mean, they were meant to be a trilogy and excuse me, sorry, no, not trying to see they are really one bigger story combined. Um, whether you like what that payoff is or not, I mean, it's, it's a spoiler, but I mean, it's the most expected outcome. So whatever uh, I, I do, it would be hard to make them as one like game to seamlessly together. I think they'll be included as a package basically where they have like a nice men, like title screen and you pick which one you want to play. Um I think the the gameplay mechanics, I mean, changing time periods and changing seasons, uh, like on a surface level, it's not that different. But in terms of narrative, I do think they were different enough. Um, for I, maybe I just played them more than you, Kyle. And right, I only I just, played them both once. Yeah, I think maybe on if you just played them once and you played them when it came out, it might. I can see them being a little bit harder. Like other than saying, yeah, what was time and what was seasons and stuff and like. Yeah, there were animal companions you rode and something like that. And yeah, you said like some Jawa place underground with volcanoes and lava. Um, yeah, I, I, I can totally understand that. But I also think they are both uh, what the why they're excellent games that are underrated. Uh, I think their dungeons blow away Link's Awakenings dungeons. If people had a problem with Link's Awakenings dungeons, um, I think there's more rhyme and reason to oracle ages and seasons dungeons uh the puzzles are definitely more challenging in that but they are not uh abstract crap where it's like oh wait what the heck does this do and stuff it, they make it pretty clear it's about actually figuring out how to solve the multi-room puzzle stuff how to progress to here also the difficulty they're much di- more difficult games than link's awakening as a base level they're two of the more challenging games in the series in my opinion um they just do a lot of cool stuff in uh, in those games i know the hiccup is just like with Link's Awakening. These these style of Zelda games are very uh, they're gated, as in you can only go to certain places at certain times until you accomplish a certain objective, like complete this dungeon before you can go over here. So it's more of the same in that vein. But I think they did a I think they did a really good job with these games. I did like the characters. Uh, I did like the stories. Uh, I think this is a lot of people didn't play them or just haven't played them in a long time. I think you'll rediscover the charm of these games. Mm. Um, and I understand the the, the fear of just re- Ben. When I say like just do it in this, it's because I'm thinking like Nintendo. I'm just right. so used to how Nintendo thinks and operates that this is probably the most un- the most likely outcome is that hey, go disagree. take that Link's Awakening engine, go make Oracle Seasons natives. I would love them to put a little bit more effort and maybe touch up the aesthetic a bit to make them look a little bit more distinct from Link's Awakening. Um, this also brings me to the other game, uh, the Minish Cap. That's the one I would be really worried about if they just did that in the same style as well. Because that's also, like that game has probably the most unique visuals of the portable games. It's, one uh, of, it's easily one of the most gorgeous yeah. games, I think. And I don't yeah. think they could easily – I don't think it would, they'd get away with doing it. It would lose something for me if they tried to do it in that Link's Awakening style. It needs more detail. And it probably needs – like as you remember, you were talking about that introduction with that trailer, the, the storm sequence? 
something like that. Like I'm thinking about like other 2D games that come out like by like like Way Forward or Yacht Club or like let them maybe to <laughs> handle that oh, one or something. Man. The reimagining of that game. Like you can still that do an updated sprite based version. Doesn't even have to be 3D. Uh, for, for crying out loud. But the Minish Cap's the one I worry about the most. Um, but it's one I'd love to see done too. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you there, Ben, for sure. I don't um, I don't know if there's any other games you think they might do. We've talked about several games here. Are there any other games you'd like to see them maybe um, try and bring back for the 35th anniversary? Because we were talking about like the different time period stuff, Ben. Like Super Mario 64 is just like a game they haven't touched. That game has not been touched at all, except for Super Mario 64 on DS. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people didn't play that or forgot about that game exists. Like for me, I don't even think about that game. The DS wasn't popular when it launched. I, it took like a year for that thing a, to really take Animal off. Animal Crossing and Mario Kart and online. Like those games. And Nintendogs. And Nintendogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Brain Age. Like, yeah, that year after, that thing skyrocketed in popularity, but... Even if it didn't, I still think Super Mario 64 DS was just the, the concept of not playing with dual analogs didn't yeah. speak to me. So I, but there, anyway, I don't need to get into that. But Super Mario 64 to me is a game that they is the one that's in most need of. They can like they're gonna have to do a lot of what do they can do with that? So many question marks around that for me. Um, whereas like we already got Ocarina Time 3D, we already got Majora's Mask 3D. We are we, like we saw an, a significant graphical update to those games, even if they were on a portable. So I'm trying to think if there's anything other than going back to the older 2D games. Something that we haven't yeah. brought up yet, and it, it, I would be very excited if they returned to the Oracle games, but uh, <laughs> I feel like people have kind of already forgotten about it. But I really liked. Just the whole concept of Cadence of Hyrule, and I had a, I had a blast mm. playing through that game, um, and and sort of taking Zelda and and reinterpreting it just a little bit in a new genre and a new style. And I think Nintendo, to Nintendo's credit, they're very picky about how Zelda gets reinterpreted. And so, I, like even Hyrule Warriors, I think is really cool and fun. You know, not maybe as legendary or as memorable as as some other things, but they've shown that they can do this successfully multiple times. And so I think that would be really fun is maybe some new indie collaboration or just some new company in general. It doesn't even have to be indie, uh, but, but something in the vein of Cadence of Hyrule, I think would be really cool. I don't know if this is in the vein of Cadence of Hyrule, Ben, but one of the things I was going to bring up uh, was one of the things I'd like to see. Uh, Zelda 2 remake. Still mm. 2D, handled by either Yacht Club or Way Forward or any one of the, the those developers who've proven how awesome they are at a uh, 2D games, 2D gameplay, 2D action. Zelda 2 would be cool, man. And be it's, really cool it's one of the make. games I think most people struggled with. It's the most mm-hmm. different Zelda game. Uh, always gets labeled the black sheep of the series. A um, lot of misconceptions about it, honestly. Um, viewed as the hardest Zelda game in the series, and so it's just difficult to go back and play it for anyone. They tried putting on, they like put it on GBA and Virtual Console. They put it on all sorts of releases. It's been released plenty of times, but um, if you're really looking at games that could use some kind of like reimagining or update, that is probably the most honest answer. Is that one's the one that really actually could? How would you feel? Most different. 
so talking about way forward, how would you feel about sort of a River City Girls style where like River City Girls is, uh, you know, in a lot of ways very true to River City Ransom, but it's, it, it is also a way forward kind of flexing their muscles and putting their own stamp on it in a really cool way. Would you be okay with that for Zelda 2 where it was like, yes, it's Zelda 2, but it's also this new mixture of things? I think they need to go ambitious with it. Mm. Like going that direction would absolutely do wonders for it. It can't just be like a one-to-one remake with like, oh, prettier visuals, that won't work. It needs a really significant overwork for to have broad appeal. I think, yeah, just bringing it as is, people just be scared off again. Oh, it looks nice. Oh, shit, it's super hard. I don't know what to do. Bye. It's, it's basically a pretty NES game. They dressed it up. Nope. It, it needs a lot of work. Sure. Uh, as much as I love that game for what it is, um, it's still, that one will always exist. It, yeah, it needs that. And I'd It's a nasty be, game. I'd be thrilled to, uh, to do something original like that. Damiani, what is the chance of a re-release of Tingle's Tickled Pink? Oh, wow. I wanted to get game. into that, Cal. I wanted to get into the obscure shit. Sure. Um, so I think that one might be pretty fun. If so you're like, hey, is... we, we relocalize this, it's okay. out. So there's freshly picked Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, okay. uh, which does have an official English localization. It came out in Europe. Yeah. So uh, you can, you know, that one could easily come out. Uh, well, assuming they can do dual screen stuff on Switch, you know, assume they have that. Um, that's easily one. Um, they also had a, uh, uh, forgetting the name of it, there is a sequel to that one that I own. It's only in Japanese. It's even more obscure. And then they have the balloon trip version, like a uh, balloon trip, the game. They made a tingle version for Club yeah. Nintendo members in Japan. By Sk- balloon trip, do you mean balloon fight? Balloon Fight, sorry. Okay. The Japanese version of Tingle, it's called something Balloon Trip, but it's really Balloon Fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those three those three Tingle games, would love to see those come out. But even if just one of them came out, I think, especially in the age of Twitch, because like, that game came out pre-Twitch, pre-streaming, oh man, people would have a field day with that game. They'd love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a great game for that. Um, so I'd love to see something like that, just to even get a straight port. Uh, be made digitally available on the eShop would be perfect for that. Um, it's follow-up, which I can't remember its name anymore. <laughs> uh, I have the box of the game in my closet. I can just pull it out, but it's in Japanese. Um, uh, if they want to localize that too, feel free. Um, uh, Tingle yeah. got pretty... Tingle's been cut for a while, though. He's not in Skyward Sword. He's not in uh, He's Breath of the Wild. in Breath of the Wild, but not actually yeah. in it. Yeah, the poor guy. It just doesn't fit in their world anymore. Tingle will be back. The last, I think his last appearance was, was it, was it uh, Triforce Heroes? Or, yeah, he's, Tingle's in Triforce Heroes, right? I, I'm not playing that game, dude. I, I, yeah, I also skipped the Win, Triforce Wind Waker Heroes. HD then was probably the last one. Yeah. Majora's, no, Majora's Master ED was the last one uh, that he was in, if I remember correctly. But Kyle, let's go even more obscure here, man. Okay, what else you got? What about those CDI? Games? I knew you were going to say that. I think those are gone, dude. Gone. I think I those think, are legitimately gone. I think yeah, nobody I owns think the they, rights to those anymore. I don't think they could touch those. <laughs> yeah. um, like, and the thing is, would you <laughs> actually want those to become good games, or are they better off as like it's horrible just, jokes? It'd be funny. This like made it the three pack, like the three of them available for thirty dollars <laughs> or something, like ten bucks each, just like sure. as is. I mean, some people buy them. Uh, there, maybe some, maybe winked at. You know how Capcom will often wink at box art Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you just kind of wink at it somehow. That'd be kind of would fun. be nice. Yeah. There are some other more uh, interesting options they could do here. 
for for bringing back older Zelda games. Um, the the Bandai Satellaview uh, sessions for We're always talking about this thing. BS Zelda and BS uh, based in BS a link to the past, but it is called Ancient Stone Tablets. Um, this stuff has never officially come out outside of Japan. And in fact, even in Japan, they were satellite broadcast. The only way they still exist because people downloaded them and retained the, the, the memory of them on their, like stored on their systems and people are able to recreate them uh, on, in modified ROM versions of them to kind of at least get the similar experience of them. Um, but not quite identical. They're very close, but I don't think they're quite identical to the original experience. They even have some, some of the VO restored. They had Japanese VO. For, for the ancient stone tablets, they had an old man narrator uh, oh, man, I giving you hear that. some tips and stuff. It's pretty cool. And that stuff, I would love to see that absolutely come out in some form. That's like the Star Fox Two stuff. Like yeah. it exists. I think that's more obscure than Star Fox Two. Oh, it's way more obscure yeah. than Star Fox. But to me, I'd love to, to love to see that. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean. They have Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks. They could maybe touch up uh, A Link Between Worlds. You said that with such disinterest. Uh, <laughs> because when I replayed Phantom Hourglass, it was so bad. Um, I think that's... I guess if you've got time, you could do this. Yeah, Phantom Hourglass, whatever. Uh, I like. I mean, I like that overworld, man. You're complaining about the sky. I think it was pretty fun to sail around that world. Oh, Phantom Hourglass? Yeah. Oh, yeah it, did a better, it had a better world than even The Wind Waker. Because yeah. they're actually... Yeah. But there's that's some not good of, stuff in that's there. not the bad part of that game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, replaying that game. Oh man, there's some problems. That I actually like even in uh, Spirit Tracks too. I like unlocking parts for my boat or my train. It's yeah, kind of fun. I that like part's pretty that. cool. Yeah. Uh, like even a Link Between Worlds coming to Switch. We we're talking about like the 3DS stuff. Maybe coming to Switch a, a simple port for that. So going back to your Zelda 2 idea. Yeah. I actually think that would be kind of a best case scenario for Zelda 2 is to take a sort of Link Between Worlds mentality and just make a new game but incorporate things from zelda 2 that's Some a cool idea i think would be really my cool. i mean my best case scenario for it ben was a samus returns type situation mm-hmm. where they took like metroid 2 and then yeah. what they did with it was samus returns take zelda 2 and reimagine it uh Definitely. you know in three like side scrolling but like that 2.5d stuff I mean, there's, there's plenty of stuff. I expect, you know, games. I expect maybe a, like an original thing or two, Ben, like in, a collaboration was totally within the works. Zelda um, skins in Fortnite. Psst, oh, I mean. <laughs> they were in Skyrim. They were in Diablo 3. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've been everywhere. Uh, besides games, though, um, I kind of want to know if you have like any hopes or expectations beyond just games you talking uh, about that zelda netflix series well coming? yeah i mean we could start there i was gonna talk about like special events like they've been doing mm. these concerts every five years ish do we expect like more concerts i mean those kind of like played out or do you think those are just like timeless that every few years they keep doing those and they're just perfect i feel like concerts are kind of one of those things where there's actually a pretty strong reason to keep doing them because the people that are going probably love it. And so would probably, you know, every couple of years, if they could go to a concert, they'd probably really appreciate it, but also not that many people get to go. And so you're probably getting a lot of fresh new people in. So hmm. I, I guess that's a good if, point. if it's feasible, I don't see why not. That's a very good point. Yeah. Not, not everyone had a chance to go to the other ones, you know, yeah. 
also new generation of people. I mean, right. 2011 was nine years, 2011 was nine years ago. It'll be 10 years ago. If this stuff goes down, you know, and think about how many it, new Zelda fans probably came in with breath of the wild. Yeah. As well. Yeah. New fans and just people are now old enough to actually go out at a concert on their own. They didn't have a right. chance. So that's a, that's a great point, Ben. I, I, I think concerts will still happen. I guess besides concerts is, is like any, anything non game related you would really want to see, or you think they might do for the 35th anniversary, uh, uh, no matter how crazy it is, you know, something you love to see them do. Even if I mean, we can, it. it's worth talking about a Netflix series. So yeah. what I really like about the Castlevania series is that it's not just about Simon Belmont. Right. Uh, sure, and Trevor so uh, a Zelda Netflix series would not just be about Link doing a neat thing every episode. Like, you know, okay, so this is, he meets the Zora in this episode and he solves a problem for them and then he moves on. I would like to believe that the series would say more and mean more than that. And so I, I think there's a potential based off of the Castlevania's precedent that that could actually be interesting. Well, what makes Castlevania work, I think, is it is more concerned, I think, with being a good story than it is a Castlevania show. Like, mm-hmm. it definitely is very careful with the Castlevania universe and obviously throws in a lot of cool things if you're a fan of Castlevania, but you can you can watch the Castlevania Netflix show having absolutely zero history with Castlevania and you're being told an interesting and compelling story with well-written characters. And so that's that's all I want. Is mm-hmm. just, how I, yeah. Yeah, how I felt about The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, didn't have any experience with that and like did the same thing. I mean, that's live action, obviously. I think Netflix show should probably be animated. <laughs> I, I don't think Zelda should be done live action at this point. I think animated. But I agree with you. I, I, I think, I mean, story, they need to nail the story. I also agree with you, Kyle. I don't think it's completely focused on Link. I think it focuses on the geopolitical stuff. I think, like, Hyrule Castle and, like, you start there with, like, the royal family, its relationship with, like, they never really explore in depth the relationship between the royal family and, like, their, the people they rule. Mm-hmm. They, they briefly touch upon like the struggle between the Gerudo and them. Yeah. Like, the, the, like why they're in conflict, why Ganon even has this hatred for Hyrule. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a good place to explore. Uh, there's also a lot of unexplored story about the, the Sheikah, these like servants of the royal family who worked in shadows, who apparently done like really awful things in the name of protecting freaky dungeon like the, the original town. shadow temple lore which yeah. was scrubbed like you know this there's torture rooms of blood and like this references this bloody dark history of the hyrule royal family it's like Heck there's yeah. some there's some shit to explore here Dummy um, and link could be link could be a character who's like involved in this but i, I think the folk the best place to focus on is like zelda i think zelda should be the central focus and or the primary protagonist and i mean you still gotta have link but that's what i would do and then man i want a lot of ganon scenes too yeah you got me thinking i i really like the train of thought here damiani what if there was no central character but instead it was told as an anthology where every episode had a different central character and a different point of focus and that way you could like you were talking about focus on really the world at large i think that could be really really neat like just having an hour long special where it's like, this is, this is focused specifically on Ganon or this is about Impa or, you know, we have an entire episode on the Gorons or something that could be really, really awesome. I mean, I love this because this, I would love this, Ben. 
I mean, this is kind of the implied backstory for people who really paid attention, cared about it in Ocarina of Time, is that you get to spend time in these areas of Hyrule, these different races, but there's more to it. There's just references to, unif- I mean, it's explained in the, the books, Hyrule Story and Encyclopedia, but the unifying of Hyrule, uh, like the different races not really being on friendly terms with each other originally. So you absolutely could deal with like, you're ruling a kingdom. What, what, I mean, you have the, uh, I kept saying the Gerudo, but it's like the Kokiri or whatever, like forest people, you want to call them that, the Zora, the ri- water river people, whatever. I mean, they can even have their own internal. So like, like you talked about the Gorons, you know, it, there's like different variants of a lot of these tr- like races too. You could go into that. Like now everything's like, you know, going well just within their own borders and stuff like that. I, I think that makes the most interesting stuff. And then that's where you start tying in like, Oh, the Triforce, Oh, these gems that like each one holds and protects and stuff. It's like, it's not about like, eh, I got to go to a dungeon and solve a dungeon and get an item. It's about you have to like navigate these different cultures and how like we all agree to live together in some kind of balance and solving their problems in order to gain their trust. You know, like this is like, I feel like the basic roadmap you go, it's going to diverge a little bit. Like, cause you can't just make the game literally adapt the game into any kind of like movie TV series. That's not going to work. And I've seen people have tried to like envision it. And that's where they always get, that's where we always trip up is in like, how, how am I going to do all the eight dungeons and stuff? And it's like, <laughs> how am I, how's it going to get the mess stored like this? Like collecting the three, it's like, you don't do it that way. Yeah. You're like the most you're going to see is like battles. You might see some battles. Like Link might go into a dark shrine and fight a monster or solve a single puzzle, but you're not getting these drawn out. Like the water temple, he has to raise <laughs> and lower the water. Like that's not going to work. I mean, yeah. you, you do a nod to it somehow, but absolutely focus on this other stuff because it's the more intriguing stuff. I, at the end of the day, when people are like, I want more story in Zelda, this is what this has a chance to do. This is the thing that can tell you all the stuff that some people have been like wanting for a while and that will, I think will be new and refreshing to people. Like, oh, I enjoy the games for this, but man, I watch the Netflix show because I get this other fix because there's a lot of potential in the world of Zelda that just can't be explored in the games for whatever reason. I'm into uh, it, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, but I, I would love to see Netflix adaptation from it. That was the r- rumor? Or did that get debunked? I keep forgetting. The Netflix animated Zelda show. Uh, I'm not sure if it was rumor. debunked. I think, it, I think it was, you're right, it was getting pitched. It was never like, this is happening. Um, and I think there's Nintendo's some other doing, series that are more likely to happen sooner. Because Nintendo's doing a Mario movie with... Uh, Illumination. Illumination, the uh, Minions people, and mm-hmm. Universal. I mean, they're they ambitious with that. I mean, maybe we get these sort of announcements for next year because we got the Lego stuff, we got clothing stuff, all this like merch and like weird collaboration stuff going on with Mario this year. Mm-hmm. We might get some of that stuff next year. So I don't, I don't think this is out without uh, outside the realm of possibility for, sure. for Zelda. Um, uh, it is worth mentioning, and for some reason we haven't said it at all. Uh, Breath of the Wild too. Oh, I was saying that for last. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if, if there's, I mean, we don't really have to spend too much time, more time on this. I mean, there's plenty of ideas to come up with, but I think the big, the, the cherry on the top. I mean, I mean, not the cherry, but I mean, like the main course is Breath of the Wild two next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think with the current situation, there's no chance it's coming out this year. Um, also, the real reason I alluded to the Switch Pro rumors is because. I think it would be very wise in Nintendo to time the launch of Breath of the Wild 2 to be near the release 
of that new Switch model to maybe take advantage of it uh, if you want to play that game in the best way possible. Hint, hint. Um, I, I do think Breath of the Wild sequel is a 2021 title, and I think that will be a big focus of their 35th anniversary. Is I these agree. events maybe leading up to it or these events around it, depending on when it comes out in the year? Um, do both, I mean, do you think it's still good? Do you even think it's going to be a next year title or do you think it's going to maybe be later? I, mean, I think it'll be 2021. I do. I'm not quite ready to give up on this year yet, Damiani. You're not quite ready? I'm not quite ready yet, but it does seem like it would be a, a very nice thing for the 35th anniversary. Even if it comes out at the end of the year, Kyle, they could just be like, hey, we're starting the 35th anniversary now. We're kicking it off. Yeah, you're and right. And it'll go to the end of next year, like the year of the Ouija was this year. and like That was a long year. Yeah. Nintendo dictates when things happen. You know, yeah. everyone just kind of like falls in line and eats it up. And I think you could be pretty cute with more callbacks and references in Breath of the Wild 2 to mm-hmm. previous Zelda games. Like they were already pretty cute in Breath of the Wild. Like, hey, this thing's the same. This is named after this, and this is named after that. They could keep going with that stuff, and it would be appreciated. To, I want them to stop. I want them to stop acknowledging past Zelda games in Breath of the Wild. Future, like, I want them to just make the clean cut. Like, they did what they did in Breath of the Wild, but stop. Like, this is your chance to just, like a clean slate. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in that story that inherently ties it to the older games. Just don't bother. Just say, oh, this is kind of the point of the game's ending too, right? Yeah. It's just like, let's just do something new. Like keep like as long as you want to focus on these new characters, they're great. Mm-hmm. Keep developing them. I don't you don't need for me, these games don't need to have a bigger picture with the older games. I'll treat I, them I all think- as their isolated separate thing. You can have nods to them, but like narratively, please like you can bring in ideas from the other games to influence like maybe new like revisit an idea from an older game. But like I don't want like I mean, a you specific- saw Ganondorf, right? Yeah, it's Ganon, but he can be. There's, that you know, that's Ganondorf that they're bringing that comes back to life in that trailer. Yeah, but like, they can have a whole new story for him that has nothing to do with any of the past games. Doesn't do you have honestly to, like, believe that will happen? I mean, I hope so. Like, I don't need something like, oh, this event specifically references a link to the past at this point. I get and what you mean there. This event, rever- mean there. like yes. this stuff. Like, I mean, the specifics. Yeah. yeah, the specifics of this. I don't need that anymore from this make like chart your own new course with this mm-hmm. if you want to revisit old themes by all means there were some great old like ideas in the older games i just don't want those specific connections anymore it just makes things worse yeah like make new threads make new stuff and like have that creative freedom like why would you want like this is the perfect chance to break free of all that why would sure. they want to paint themselves to a corner again mm-hmm. yeah i mean i love at the end of breath of the wild the master sword basically turns off it's like hey man i'm not needed anymore if it turns back on for this game that's a bummer it kind of yeah, negates a weapon you know give like a new weapon negates the meaning of that what happened there don't need a master sword in every game yeah yeah a new weapon uh give zelda a new weapon just make zelda the playable character <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> here's your solution. Link is falling into a crevice for sure, and will spend the entire game in that crevice. Ben, yeah, <laughs> Ben. I hope they get on stage and go. We had the most unlikely inspiration for Link's new weapon. You might have recalled the blah 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 game from this year. This clearly reflects back on Link's crossbow training. We learned some important lessons from that game and wanted to carry them over into Breath of the Wild sequel. 
you can really see the automatic crossbow functionality come to life in beautiful new Switch Pro graphics. Because Link with like an automatic crossbow going. Linkle has two crossbows. That's actually what I was referencing. Is Linkle? Yeah. And Linkle, you know what? Let's do this right now. Okay. What trio of characters? Linkle, Link, and Zelda. But we gotta give Linkle maybe a new name. Well, they they have to do a Dragon Ball Z fusion together and they somehow form they become Linkle. Linkle. Oh, Zelda and Link make Linkle? Zelda and Link fuse together and become Linkle. Linkle. The ultimate being Linkle. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Doubt. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, the best of both worlds right there. Just, and they, they should have all the abilities from Smash Brothers as well. I get what you're saying though, Damiani. The sequel has a potential where nothing has to be sacred. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's exactly exciting. what I meant. Like, yeah. Uh, best way to put it i just get i get hooked up on this argument because i i i'm one of the people who best understands the 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 desire of the so those out there to have continue the shared universe of the games and keep that connective tissue but at the same time 30 years of those now almost 35 years of all those other games like enough's enough <laughs> uh there has to be a point where it just gets so out of control and ridiculous like it was yeah, it's not necessary anymore. And in fact, I'm way more intrigued by the design and gameplay uh, changes that could come in Breath of the Wild 2 than anything narratively. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they do they tease Ganon and Origin Story. I'm like, that might be cool. But the underground stuff, potentially playing as Zelda, those are the more exciting things to me. The, yes. the looting to potentially real, like more traditional style dungeons making return or reimagining dungeons again, like how are those going to be done? Like that's the more exciting prospect for me. The story I, stuff is will be the cherry on top i gotta write that time you know <laughs> my hope for our initial discussions on breath of the wild 2 when we really do get that initial deep dive or long trailer whatever it ends up being is that it feels the same as it did with breath of the wild where it's like i can't believe how crazy they're being with this i can't believe how new this feels that that is my biggest hope is that that it just if, like breath of the wild did it feels like another big step forward i'm with you ben I really hope that it comes to fruition. I mean, the way they're building this up, even that teaser trailer, I mean, got people plenty excited. So I have faith they can, they can, you know, recapture it, you know? Yeah. 35th anniversary of Zelda. You know, all this might, it might literally just be, here's Breath of the Wall 2 next year. <laughs> they might like, again, yeah. this was just all speculation. Because the way you no- said, the way you set this up was like 30 or 25 was huge. 30 was like, okay, we got some things. And like 35 is like, downward. yeah, like 35 is yeah. like, like, you'd expect the next milestone to be like the 50th anniversary. Yeah. Like even 30, if it's kind of like, eh, okay, you know, maybe. But um, yeah. I kind of do feel like the Mario stuff is maybe coincidental, right? Like, hey, we should be doing these things. And also it's Mario's 35th anniversary. Exactly, Kyle. I think it's a byproduct of they already have that deal with Universal. Um, and they had some, like, those plans are, like, we're supposed to be closer to, they're, we're ready to, like, finalize all this and say everything about this. But also, these projects were just in the work. And I'm like, hey, why don't we just bundle it around the 35th anniversary of Mario, as you said. Yeah. Whereas Zelda, I think maybe there's, like, two projects in the works for Zelda. Breath of the Wild 2 and maybe one other at most. And I don't, I, uh, I mean... We don't have any reports or anything like that, like the Mario stuff. So this is something fun, you know, just yeah. to be a little bit more optimistic about the future. But 
I want to move on, if, unless there's anything else you have to say about Zelda, to our final segment. Let's um, do it. Kyle Bossman. Mm-hmm. I got some questions from you from our patrons. Bring it on, patrons. We'll get the big one out of the way first. Sure. So a lot of people asked about this, Kyle. Um, I'm going to read both of these back to back. I have two things, two okay. patron things. So let okay. me read both of them first. First one's from Michael. Hello, allies. Does Kyle legitimately dislike A Link to the Past? Has his views changed at all? Or was this a bit to wind up Damiani? Love and respect and all the best to the future. Kyle. For the future, Kyle. And then Connor says, the topic of my question has been a running meme throughout the years of Easy Allies. Mm -hmm. But I still don't know the full story or explanation. Since it's Kyle's last time on Friend Code, I suppose this is my last chance to ask this question, which is only more fitting given the topic of Zelda's 30th anniversary. Kyle, please explain in detail why you dislike A Link to the Past. I am genuinely curious. Love and respect, youngster. All right, I'm ready. P.S. Good luck, Kyle. Yeah. Um, So... To answer the last part of the first question, while it is not a bit, while these are my genuine feelings, I do love that it winds up Damiani yes. uh, and other Link to the Past fans. If I can wind up a fan base for a big popular game, heck yeah. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, I don't like the idea that there's any game that is just safe to like. You know what I mean? That any game should be protected and that any game is just, uh, you can't, there's no way you could dislike this game. And so I like to mock the people who feel that 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 is the case. Um, So here's my my theory, my philosophy on this is that um, it goes the same way for for movies and anything really. Uh, If a thing is repeated, if a thing is... uh, Uh, emulated and also if it has its own sequels it becomes less special and so when I like to play old games I like to play old games that are the types that don't exist anymore Um, Link to the Past has been uh, improved upon there there are better Zelda games the first Zelda game I played was Link's Awakening and that is a better Zelda game than A Link to the Past Uh, in its story and its characterization uh, and its map design and so i'd played ocarina of time before i played a link to the past and so i've just played better versions of this game and so none of it amazed me right none of it felt groundbreaking uh none of it feels groundbreaking today uh there's better versions of those songs in many other zelda games and so none of it none of the surprise of what this game probably had when it released rings true today uh And so when you look at it, Link's sprite is, I believe, simply bad. He looks bad. He doesn't look, he doesn't look like he does in the arts and he doesn't look like he has his own clearly communicated style. Uh, But it's not just Link. It's a lot of the game. A lot of the game suffers from just strangely bad character art and enemy art um and also just temple art it's just it's funny you you we early earlier in this podcast criticized some temples for being being just 
rooms with enemies and puzzles. That is most of those Link to the Past dungeons. Uh, I just don't have a good time in them. And uh, they, they seem like levels. They seem like video game levels more than anything that would cohesively exist within this world uh, with bosses at the end. And so, yeah, uh, it just, the, the poor game suffers from being improved upon. The poor game suffers for being uh, uh, um, uh, instrumental. Like it, it, it suffers for changing video games forever <laughs> in, in that uh, people just, you know, they've incorporated that, the best parts of its design into their own and especially in the Zelda franchise itself. I don't think Link to the Past does anything in particular better than hasn't been done in a Zelda game since. There From art, go. music, level design, characterization, I don't think there's anything that it does better in, its, in that game that hasn't been improved upon. All right. Well, you have your answer, patrons. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Our next question, Kyle, comes okay. from Snivy Link. And by the way, you can interrupt too. Oh, no, no. This is, right. uh, we, okay. we've gone, I mean, we've gone back and forth, but this was, the question was about your. Yeah, sure. I think that was about your piece. For yeah, sure. about your yeah, piece, yeah. Kyle. Shared my I, piece. You can go, if you need to know mine, you just go watch my Hall of Greats video, which is on youtube.com slash easy allies. You might have to <laughs> search for it, uh, but it's like, it's like a link to the past one of the greats, I think is the title of it. Or just yeah. go watch the Hall of Greats where it got inducted. You know, yeah. you can actually watch the debate or go watch the, you know, uh, when Kyle and I had our little stream together, uh, to settle it. Um, yeah. Nothing was settled at the end, but I mean, you at least get to see, you know, both sides. I created the Hall of Greats to keep A Link to the Past out of it. <laughs> I was never the same after that day. <laughs> and that was the moment Kyle knew. Was dead. Super Mario World still not one of the greats. That's a mis- that's a travesty. I'll work on that, Kyle. Yeah, I was, I was saving that. I, I got I three made, in first. I made though, a rule. So I'm happy I have, about I, that. Only once a year, I'm allowed to pick something I think uh, to me is obvious to get in. Sure. Because I don't want to overplay it out because people yeah. will get angry. Uh, so this one, um, hi faves. This is the final time we will see our fellow Kyle. So I just want to give him the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Finally, give his 100% accurate opinion on Pokemon. Now that you don't have to worry about backlash for your opinion, please go ham. Love and respect. We will miss you so much, Kyle. Hashtag let Kyle Bossman rant about Pokemon. Great. All right. Do I have a rant about Pokemon? I mean, if you don't, you don't, you don't have one. I have a rant about Pokemon comments. I've seen it more mm. than once. How can Kyle love Pokemon and then make criticize this game as if I don't criticize Pokemon as if I love and lap up every Pokemon game. Um, yeah. Don't you hate uh, when people do that to you about yes. a series? Yeah. I'm pretty I sure do. Ben and I have had that on various. Things. I'm sure you both yeah. of you get that too, <laughs> for actually sure. for sure. No, no. How do you, how do you, do, how do you love that? But you can't, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's annoying. It is. It's just, it's the worst. It's, um, but I've, I've come to terms with Pokemon. I've come to peace with it. I think that Pokemon exists the way it does because it's owned by three different companies. If Pokemon was completely owned by Nintendo, I think it would have evolved more. Uh, mm. If 
it was completely owned by any of those three companies, I think it would have evolved more. But this weird three-way partnership, I think, prevents any one company from having too much control over Pokemon, from making too much change. But it works. As much as I want Pokemon to change and grow up uh, mechanically, um, it still sells better and better and better. It still remains one of the most popular properties of merchandise in the world. So like, I don't, I don't have a rant because they're su- successful. If they were failing, right, they could take my advice. But I feel like shouting at Pokemon at the height of their success makes no sense. The Pokemon community exists to ensure it makes money. Yeah. To optimize the amount of money they make from that series. Yeah. I will say this. Uh, one of my friends, one of my Pokemon friends, is trying to complete his Pokedex in Pokemon Shield and has sent me a list of Pokemon. He said, it'll only take an hour. Just go get them. And I can't get back. I'm, I He's asking me as a friend to do a favor and I can't go back in that world right now. Because you're so disappointed by it or yeah. what, what is the motivation there? Yeah, it's right because if your friend asks you to help him move, you would help him move. So maybe it is the disappointment entirely, Ben. Like it's not even just like, oh, that's work to do. It's like... It's like reopening a wound. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like asking me to. It's like okay, it's like this. It's like. They're, you're going to take one of the math classes I took in high school, right? And every student who is now also 34 years old is also going to meet in this one classroom, and you're all going to take this class again, taught by the same teacher. Today, it'd be like asking me to do that. And we all have to do homework. So maybe it's two classes. So all of us, all of us 34 year olds have to listen to the same lesson about algebra, right? And then the, do homework that night and then come in the next day and hand in our homework to our teacher. It basically, it feels like that. I, I love this good. because I feel like you're saying with Pokemon Sword and Shield, what's the point? Yeah. It's almost like that. But, you know, obviously I love playing through it, right? I love right. my little creatures. There's so many, they evolved into funny and interesting ways. Um, but you don't but, take the same math class twice. Yeah. Detached I mean, from it, did, like having spent some time away from the things that I love, I just can't appreciate any part of its design. Hmm. All right. I mean, I, I can see your, your point of view. DLC is not going to, how do you view the DLC? I bought the DLC already. Wow. I already bought it. Kyle, that is the most beautiful like period on the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Enough said. Yeah. There you go. It's how they keep they're making their money, man. Um, our <laughs> next uh, next question comes from uh, Ivanovsky. Dear Kyle Bossman, mm-hmm. on the off chance that you rise in ranks and take leadership as CEO of Nintendo of America. What I'd say there's a pretty good chance. Yeah. I mean, you got a fast start. You got a head start on Budworth. Yeah. What would be your first decree to force Nintendo to produce, uh, what, sorry, what would be your first decree that forces Nintendo to produce content? This can be a game, amiibo, an exclusive fashion design, or a direct line to easy allies for the biggest scoops for Nintendo leaks. 
from Ivan. What would be my first decree? I'm going to take this question seriously. Yeah. Well, so what, yeah, what would be your first decree? Okay. I would do this. I would tell, I don't know. It has to be at some certain point. I would, I would basically, I want to hear everyone's ideas for a new game. You know, it's just like, if you have an idea that you've been swallowing because you have to make a new Mario game, give me your idea. Let's hear it. Uh, I, I will listen to your ideas for three weeks. Uh, I will take the meetings. I will hear everybody's ideas. Um, and, and then, you know, we'll make one of them <laughs> at least, you know, maybe we'll make all of them. But my first decree would be to infuse new IP, uh, uh, plant some new seeds. And not necessarily they all have to be huge successes, but you're going to need something, right? Um, they tried with Switch Launch. They tried with ARMS. ARMS isn't it. It's not a huge new IP, but I appreciate that kind of thing, and I'd like to see more of it. Mm -hmm. What did you say? The what did you say Splatoon was their last one? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, Splatoon hit for sure. You can buy a shirt with Splatoon characters on it yeah. today. I'm surprised your first decree wasn't to sabotage Bloodworth. <laughs> and what would I do to sabotage Bloodworth? Okay, so the first decree is in any entrance interview, you must ask the interviewee uh, what their favorite swear word is. And he's never getting through those doors. And he's never getting in. So if he refuses to swear, it's like, I'm sorry, you failed the interview. Right. So that's my second decree, Damiani. Gotcha. Yep. That That'll make sure that blood nice. never gets in. That's the wall. Nice. <laughs> Good stuff. Do you, question. Do you think Bloodworth would, for a Nintendo job, slip one out? He'd become a sailor. <laughs> I would, right? Yeah. If it's like... Mm, no, I, I was thinking like, hey, would you take the, a shot of heroin right now? I like wouldn't do it. You'd think about it though. I did. I thought about yeah, it. I was like, yeah. would I do that? At the, the very least, yeah, I definitely I don't know. You, you would do heroin? No, no, no. I'm talking about the swear word. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm, saying, word, I'm talking, about, like talking about Bloodworth. I'm talking about Bloodworth in this situation. I think Bloodworth would ultimately conclude it as some kind of ploy and say, nope, the correct answer, this is a test. You're just trying to get me to say it. I think that's what he would do at the end. He would just assume it's a ruse and say no. Even yeah. if that was your decree, like, well, you don't get the job. He'd still feel good about himself saying, well, I didn't, nope, sorry. You know, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to work at Nintendo where you want me to say that word. Oh, and we're going to swear a lot. Oh, yeah. Under my rule. And then that will force blood to go out and uh, join Sega. And <laughs> have to build a rivalry again and sega, sega enters a new golden age yeah. sega becomes and like sonic this can't super swear anymore. wholesome sonic mm -hmm. doesn't say any more bad words you know <laughs> uh the characters uh, from virtua fighter like they start learning arts and crafts yeah virtua crossing mm -hmm. there you go oh, oh whoa virtua crossing next up comes from luis Salutations, allies. Salutations. Kyle's Salutations. departure may be bittersweet, but if he had to leave, I'm glad it was to pursue his lifelong dream 
of being the world's greatest chibi robo speedrunner. Mm-hmm. For his final episode of Friend Code, I wanted to give him one more chance to throw out his hottest Nintendo related take. Same rules apply as with his previous assertion that Animal Crossing's insane popularity is disproportionate to its quality. Mm-hmm. Ben and Damiani may stop him as soon as they feel his take has gone over the line and become too obnoxious. Love and respect. I'm not, I'm not going to stop him. Yeah, there's no stopping this. My hottest Nintendo take. Hmm. I'm absolutely making this the thumbnail. Kyle's hottest Nintendo take? Yeah. <laughs> and then you and Ben looking very surprised. <laughs> um, dang, I don't know. They're such a successful company that it's hard to mock their business strategies. Um... I guess that, mm, okay, think this through. What is my hottest Nintendo take? So people know I don't like Link to the Past. It's this game everybody cherishes and uh, they get mad when I say it's bad. Um, But I mostly like every other cherished Nintendo game. Every other one that's just like, man, this game is legendary. You're correct in that assertion. Also, on the flip side, something that's regarded as very bad that you think is really good, mm. potentially. I don't think there's a single Nintendo product or piece of software that doesn't have fans. That doesn't have at least, you know, three million people who love it. <laughs> I feel like every Nintendo thing has at least three million people who are like, nah, actually, that's pretty good. Even so like think, the Game & Watch stuff. I wonder if there are three million people who like Virtual Boy. Absolutely. No question. That's a hot take. Worldwide? Yeah. Yeah, there's three mil. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it sold three million, but there are three million people who, if they took a survey, they would say, yes, I like the virtual boy. Hmm. I will defend it online. If somebody makes fun of it, I will attack them online. Um, <laughs> contract that you sent. Okay, here's my hot Nintendo oh, take. Okay. Here we go. The people who get upset about people getting upset about color splash need to take a sit go ahead and take a sit in a cold pool because there are obvious reasons it is obvious why color splash is bad you got to stop yourself i'm not gonna laugh at any of that dialogue it's not as funny as you think it is if you smirked and giggled at a bunch of puns that's on you color splash yeah Graphically, looks really nice, but that makes it worse. Stop defending Color Splash. You can like it. You can recognize you like a bad game. Just recognize that. You like a bad game with bad mechanics, but that's okay. But don't come in here not pretending not to understand why people hate that game. It's obvious. Try to put yourself into someone else's perspective. Maybe someone who likes Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Try to think about what that person would think about Paper Mario Color Splash. Take your little paint bucket. 
into your cold pool and slurp it up because I don't want to hear that comment one more time. There we go. My hottest take. Spicy. That was yeah. pretty wholesome until the very end. You were like, eat, paint, and die. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think the color splash metaphor. paint is toxic. I don't mean for anybody to die. Can you say that with absolute certainty? I No, but I have to presume at one point and throughout that stupid game, somebody licks it, right? Somebody's, somebody, somebody's mouth touches the paint at some point in that game. That needs to be a new Twitter account. Like, can you pick the dog? Does yep. somebody lick it? Yeah. Does somebody lick it? <laughs> I, I don't like want it. anybody to die. But if you feel uncomfortable in a cold pool, you had it coming. There you go. That is, that is it. That is the last hot take you're going to get from Kyle Bossman on Nintendo. Please don't mm-hmm. ever ask Kyle Bossman for another hot take on Nintendo. Never, please. Uh, don't ask. Never. Just don't. If they come out naturally, heck yeah. But like, don't just ask for yeah. one. Don't, don't, be at, don't be at San Diego Comic-Con a few years from now at Kyle's yeah. panel and be, Kyle, can you give me another Nintendo hot take, please? No. Mm-hmm. You had it. This is your chance. That was it. That was, was it. This I'll this just do that same exact thing verbatim. That, 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 yeah, exactly. You absolutely like it's going to be written down with like your little, uh, your handlers. They're absolutely going to be like, oh, excuse me. Um, I'll take this for you, Kyle. Uh, the answer is this. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it'll be on your like website, your personal like about page. It'll just have it under hot takes and let's have it there. The it's like Mario number one slash. in the frequently asked questions. What is Kyle's hottest Nintendo take? And it's just that paragraph. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I expect this to be a question on Jeopardy, like a low-level question, like a hundred-dollar question. Yeah, on an easy one. Yeah, this absolutely. is Kyle's hottest Nintendo take. Yeah, just can't get any. What is more common? Uh, you're frustrated about people who are frustrated about people who are are frustrated about color splash For because you can't understand why oh. they wouldn't understand because they're just giggling at puns and jokes. That's their daily double. And Trebek's yeah. like, no, I'm sorry. We need the whole paragraph. Yeah. 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 This will be after Jeopardy switches away from please phrase it in the form of a question for answers. Mm-hmm. They'll move on to their new format by then. Paragraphs. I started with what is. No, no, I'm saying like you, you were saying it that way, but by the time it's on there, Jeopardy will move to a different format, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Trebek already announced that they're doing away with that. The, the Wait, is that real? Set. The ratings just said that, that this people just don't like, they don't like that. Stop this. They don't like that. It's like going to be the a ratings. change. They the said the change, the change is going to go over about as big as like when Leno left late night. It's going to be that big of a deal. Honestly, they, they know people are going to be talking about it on, on social media. That was a big dip. Yeah, it's just they need them that to get talking dip. about Trebek and, uh, and Jeopardy Here's again. a hot take. Here's uh, a hot take. Oh, no. No. Conan O'Brien didn't have what it took to be the host of the tonight show yikes you went there conan o'brien is a comedy innovator the late late show late night with conan o'brien one of my favorite talk shows of all time he wasn't right for the tonight show here's another hot take the tonight show doesn't need to exist <laughs> And we have unleashed Kyle Bossman. (laughs) Tonight's show is a poor format in this day and age. (laughs) 
Those are those are pretty sensible takes. Yeah, those are. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you. I thought you gave me a hot take here, Kyle. <laughs> pretty sensible. I mean, I don't need someone who just like reads Twitter and regurgitates the same opinions okay, that everyone right. retweets out. Okay. I think it's a pretty hot take. I mean, it is telling when Conan's you know doing jokes with Hideo Kojima. I mean, late night people wish they could be doing jokes with Kojima. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a status symbol right there. How do you feel about uh, Clueless Gamer, Kyle? <laughs> Ooh, I do not like Clueless Gamer. Oh, seriously? Re- seriously. Uh, well, I think what, it's a, what about it's a, it? It's a whack shtick. Um, it's very shticky, Damiani. I think Conan it, is not making an effort to like the games. He will still do mm, this voice. And it's like, Conan, is that really still funny? And I know what you're saying, comments. Yes, it's still funny. Don't take yourself so seriously. And I say to you, it is not God. a thoughtful joke today. It doesn't, it doesn't work 1,000 times and there are 1,000 episodes of Clueless Gamer. It definitely has been funny. I've seen it be funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's so shticky, dude. And I think that we're used to pe- seeing people, at least online and online videos, be more naturally funny. Uh, and, you know, naturally reacting to things can be way more funny than like, is this guy the dad of that kid? Why am I being a mad dad? I was like, okay, Conan. Yeah. Just play the video game. Definitely better place. The, the funnier videos, more topical, relevant, recent stuff, like the SNL at home Twitch streamer skit. You know, you should look to that for inspiration. How did that work out, SNL at home? Oh, yeah, I'll end the bit. Uh, it was that, the, that one was atrocious. Really? It, it was, was really unfunny. Yeah. It was. The whole episode was a little. Oh, uh, it was like SNL yikes snl without a laugh track i I assume is pretty chilling it was sobering one the twitch one is sobering you you, yeah it felt kind of what you were saying about clueless gamer it felt sticky without being a thoughtful joke yeah Mm -hmm. i get that all right well now i gotta watch it yeah, it, the the clip it. of the Twitch things is on YouTube. You can Great. Just watch it real quick. Sure, uh, I'm right. positive it has a million views and oh, yeah. ten thousand thumbs up. Don't know SNL 10, for some reason does very well on YouTube. I don't understand it. I mean, love to watch things. Doesn't I Jimmy hate. Fallon do well? Okay. Yeah, he does well on YouTube too. <laughs> I have a final statement for you, Kyle, from Straw Hat Ninja. Oh, okay. Not a question. Greetings, allies. Greetings. Just wanted to say thank you for all the Nintendo content, Kyle. I will miss you and your opinions and wish you the best of luck. Also, give Fire Emblem Three Houses a chance. Love and respect. Yeah, you know what? I'm looking forward to someday giving that game a chance. I almost did it. I was almost there, and then I bought different games instead. I think that might be my biggest, one of my biggest regrets is not having Kyle play three houses and his time here for us to have a discussion with him about it. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. I'll I, tell I, you, I will play it way before I play Xenoblade. Mm, I don't okay. know why that was necessary, but that was a, that was a hot take, Kyle. I thought the hot takes uh, were over. <laughs> no, Kyle, I'd love to hear your opinion on both of those things. I really, yeah. really would. Whatever they may be. Yeah, I'm really curious if you, what you think about Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, I mean, I would love for you to play Xenoblade as well, just because I want everyone to try it. But if you're even if you just gonna play one of these, I'm I'm very curious because Fire Emblem is a game that gets a lot of love. Yeah. Um, 
and it's always nice to hear i mean assuming you might have take issue with some of this stuff it's nice to hear yeah. dissent about the game because so, it's especially useful criticism what i would say is very weird about the coverage for the game or at least the advertisements for the game and what you just see on twitter and, and soak in very very little of it is the combat screen is the battle maps mm. I see so much more of that school yes. of like, hey, here's the guardsman. He's really funny. And so much more of like just doing classes and things than I do of the actual playing of that game. It feels very weird. So uh, two things about that. I think, I think you're right. I do think that has kind of overtaken the conversation, but I think that's been true since Awakening, right? Like I, I, I can think back to Awakening and Fates and it was a similar sort of thing. But so I, I think you're right in a lot of ways, but I also think that stuff, and it feels gross saying this, that stuff is more shareable, right? That's something you can fit down into Twitter. Whereas very extremely true. Yes. Indicating why a battle moment was cool might be harder to package and condense in a way. That you're is, tapping, you're tapping into new, new theory, Ben, that I think is very interesting. The shareability, the shareability it's, it is ruining everything. But, I mean, Animal Crossing has huge shareability and it's, like, helped it. Right. So Animal Crossing everything. Animal, well, but Animal Crossing was always... It's, it fits, right? It fits into that mold, I think, naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Ruining right. everything. It's, not, it's not like anybody sat down at a meeting and said, how do we make Animal Crossing more shareable? Right. Actually, they might have done that. I was going to say, <laughs> that might have actually happened. <laughs> they definitely... I mean, Absolutely. yeah, they came up with the codes and the systems for visiting other islands yeah. for sure. Yeah. The shared designs and stuff. They have a whole website. Oh, and like the whole, there's an island that is just for taking photos. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a consideration. Yeah. Yeah. But at least the island where you take photos is like ruled by some hippie drug lord. Like that. I appreciate the weirdness mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Harv, man. Harv. Harv's Island. Yeah. He ruled. He rules it. He makes his money somehow. Yeah. This can't just be a free service. Some, he makes his money some way. He's in alliance with Nook. They have a committee Yeah. to maximize profitability. They find a way. Yeah. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Friend Code. Um, thank you to everyone who submitted questions for this episode of Friend Code. If you'd like to submit a question for a future episode uh, for consideration, uh, you need to be a $5 and up patron. I'll make a post. Oh, sorry, Kyle. I have another hot take. Oh, okay. Sorry, patrons. Sorry, patrons. No, keep doing, keep doing that. And then I'll do okay. I don't want to interrupt your sentence. Yeah. So uh, again, for $5 patrons, you can submit a question for consideration for episode of Friend Code. Uh, the week uh, we are recording, I'll put the post up calling for your questions and letting you know who's on the panel and what we'll be talking about. Apologies, this one came in so late. Uh, blame the game the from my background uh just forgot about everything else for a while but you know i can't blame the game you know it's not the game's fault and uh if you're also a five dollar patron you're part of the early access tier so you get episodes of friend code and other shows and podcasts from easy allies uh early so thank you for those of you who support us that way and for everyone else who watches this on youtube on fridays when it comes out uh thank you to you as well uh yes kyle what is your hot take so this is a thought that i had earlier this week Mm-hmm. Nintendo is maybe the most special 
the video game company and that Nintendo rumors have more weight because of the company. You know, uh, basically, hey, there's a rumor that there's a new burger time. Nobody cares that rumor wouldn't spread, but Nintendo rumors spread because for some reason, there's something so special about the games that they make that the rumors have high stakes, right? The rumors, this game could be great or the rumors like, oh, this, Nintendo has such a, an ability to be great that this rumor sucks because I wanted something else entirely. Uh, and so I was, I was trying to like nail down what makes Nintendo rumors special and you can't. It's because the company itself is special. Um, there is something important seemingly important about Nintendo rumors that is not seemingly important about, hey, there might be a bully sequel. It just doesn't register to like, who cares? Uh, but when you say there might be a Star Fox racing game, it's like, oh, well, that's something, you know, it's just, even though that's just way stupider, that's a way worse game than a bully sequel would be. For some reason, Nintendo has high stakes to it. And I think it's just the, the company itself, the developed, the games that they develop um, are of this unique quality that there's uh, each new title is somehow meaningful, even if it's, you know, Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah. I can see this. I think maybe, I mean, recently Capcom, their rumors have kind of like started to approach. I mean, some of those Resident Evil rumors, anytime you get a Final Fantasy rumor, I mean, there's a handful that have certain franchises for their their studios that might have rumors that kind of you know their tentacles kind of like sprawl out and like find a way to become entrenched so deeply everyone's talking about it but yeah when you when you think to nintendo i kind of I kind of agree with you like in a historical pattern yeah i think so yeah and i think you're right i think it's because of the company not the actual individual games because Nintendo has shown they do the unexpected so they make you believe anything is possible when it comes to them yeah. so even something as crazy as Star Fox Grand Prix is like who knows maybe sure I mean how many how many companies have a Metroid Prime under their belt you know yeah yeah it's a good point yeah I feel like so I feel like uh you could say like I've seen Nintendo's next game I'll give you two words red lettuce and you're like, whoa, what could that, what could that possibly mean? Red lettuce. Right. And if you're like, I've seen Rockstar's next game, Red Lettuce, you're like, okay. But if you hear Red Lettuce for Nintendo, you're like, oh my God, what could it be? If you hear Red Lettuce for Capcom, you're like, okay, maybe, I don't know, maybe. But like, for some reason, Nintendo would be the company where it's like, dude, I got to know what that Red Lettuce means. I got to hear more. Your project names, Kyle. Yeah. Dolphin. Project Atlantis. Red Lettuce. Yeah. Uh, Revolution. Cafe. Revolution, man. Revolution. Boy, that hit me hard. There's some crazy words, man. Yeah. So any any of these words could be code words. Who knows yeah. the possibilities? I don't want to forget. We also have to give some shout outs for the month of April. Well, let's do before it. Before we end it up. Um, so for the following are our shout outs for the month of April 2020. Shout outs to Blue, Caleb Crawford. El Thanis, Gray Kettering, Jesse Blue. We all say this at the same time. Three, two, one. Shout, Shout out. Thank you again. Thank you to both of you for joining me uh, to talk about Zelda it speculation. Was it was fun. Um, glad we got this uh, 
apologize one more time to you, Ben, <laughs> for last time. Um, that was the one of the most commented things was, do you sure you still don't have that Ben Xenoblade conversation somewhere? Are you positive it's not They're like, somewhere? You got any more of that Ben Xenoblade talking in <laughs> it's, somewhere? It's a bummer, and I shouldn't do this, but because we, you know we've talked about Xenoblade a lot, but that really was a good conversation. Uh, so it is it is a shame that it got lost. But you know the silver yep. lining. Yep, Xenoblade is coming out at the end of the next month. I'm sure we will get a chance. I made to that promise. I said look forward things. to that. Absolutely. Um, the only thing we didn't talk about, we're, we're out of time. We're really out of time, so we're going to end here. But uh, maybe before you go, Kyle, this could be a separate video. Or I don't know if you talked about it on Frame Trap already, if you were on it. Because uh, you recently played through the Bravely, uh, Bravely Default 2 demo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know uh, Ben is really into that. I don't know if, Ben, you got a chance to finally play it or not. But yeah, I we else. did actually talk about it on Frame Oh, then, great. Then, there you go. It was on, yeah. So it was on the most recent Frame Trap or one mm-hmm. coming up? It's on the most, uh, recent, most recent one. So, so yeah, for the, the listeners, go, go check that out. You get to well, see Kyle and Ben. Real quick, about, what is... What? I, I did on my last episode. I gave oh, okay. my thoughts. Sure. But Ben was here as well, and we also lo- we lost the original talk about that, but it was mostly just me covering some basic stuff. But I, I watched you play through it, Kyle, and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it was really fun to see you play it your way, um, the four monks. The four monks. Referencing yeah. the... I think that's the meta of... Uh, See the fourth east or fourth monks is the meta of like the original Final Fantasy, as well. Apparently, something like that. Like they can do like double attacks or something that beat out any. Anyway, yeah, it was just fun to see you just doing whole monks and like I'm doing it this way. Bye, game. <laughs> yeah, it worked for the final boss, but not for the worm boss. Yeah, those super bosses are. Uh, you got to do them a kind of specific way, especially yeah. the real super boss, or you'll be there forever and probably lose. Anyway, yeah, but yeah, thank you for both of you for joining me. And uh, until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.